Whose car? Mine. No, it's not. You're driving it too carefully. Maybe I just bought it. Well, somebody's been smoking in here for months. I work for the best illusionist in the world. Philip Swan? You know of him? It's kind of hard to miss him. I saw him perform once in Vegas. Are you a gambling man? No. Swan is quite a magician. Never call him that. He's strictly an illusionist. What's the difference? Illusions are trickery. Magicians do it for real. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Episode 258, welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast. Join us today as we light up a cigarette, pour ourselves a half a pint glass of cheap whiskey, and slap on a trench coat and do some sleuthing in Tricks with Dicks. (laughs) (laughs) It's never not funny. Uh, (laughs) Oh, good times, good times. It'll make sense later. It will, it will. (laughs) James, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm Mike. Oh, I'm Jim. Yeah, okay. How are you? <laughs> Good. Here, touch me. Touch, touching. Oh. Touching. Uh, we oh, touched. That's some nice. tricks, tricks with dicks right that's there. That's nice. I haven't seen you in like a month, dude. I, it's been a long time. I mean, in the flesh anyway. I know. We were supposed to record last week, and just like you, the previous recording time, you were dealing with some COVID shit. Yep. Then I was dealing with some COVID shit. Yep. That's how it goes. Uh, that's uh, that's to, the way uh, she goes. Well, two years into this, you think that we'd be over it by now? Two oh, two years into COVID, into the pandemic. Well, we'll never be over it, really. The, de- the demic times. The demic times, yes. <laughs> um, well, we weren't technically supposed. We were going to record last week. We to did do it we, two weeks in a row. We did it. announce at the end of the last episode, though, that we were going to do it in two, uh, two weeks in a row. Yeah, and we totally shit the bed on that promise. Yes. Sorry, Josh. Or rather, <laughs> Mike's. Some of the yeah. some of the people Mike works with shit yeah. the bed. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of assholes. Nothing like nothing like sitting next to somebody who, you know, is supposed is, is supposed to be the one that you can trust. Sitting next to you for two hours with no mask on, knowing he has COVID, not telling you. Really, that's that's great. Really, he's the one you can trust. No, no, <laughs> it, it was I, I was trying to make it sound better than it was, but yeah, that's what happened though. So. Out of precaution, even though I'm all vaxxed up, and luckily I was wearing a mask because I knew he had been sick. Mm-hmm. But I asked him, did you get tested? He goes, oh, yeah, 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 it's negative. So he lied to me, or <laughs> or something else happened. I'm going to assume he lied to me. Doesn't he know that's a sin? Because it was the very <laughs> next day when I got a phone call. I was like, yeah, he tested positive. Or, or 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 he has it or whatever. I don't know when the fuck he got tested, but what a dude. Yeah, it was uh, it was a real it was a real not not, not a very dude moment. We'll, 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 we'll say it that way. More of a dick moment, really. <laughs> Tricks with dicks. Tricks with dicks. Uh, but uh, anyway, though, yeah. But we're back at it, James. Cool, man. We're yeah, both healthy. We're here. Uh, the place is looking magnificent. Uh, ambient. It is. I've thanks, got thanks to your 1970s brass lamp with the crinkle lampshade. 
Yeah, I, I grew need up a- with that. That's the Barb Heckman special. Yeah. Like, I grew up with two of those in our living room. I do need a new shade for this. I like the bulb, though. It's a good bulb. When I bought it, it said purple bulb, and I was like, how's that going to look? And it's the, like, but it's more of like a... It's like half black light, half real light. That's really weird, yeah. but I really dig it. And then oh, we got nice. the lights back. I can't see those lights back there. Oh, Are I they looking good? They do. It looks like cool, there's a spaceship behind you. It's pretty it? awesome. Yeah. Dope. I put some more mood lighting down in the uh, the hangar down here, so... It's feeling pretty nice. It, it it really is. And also, I've had three beers, so I'm feeling pretty nice. <laughs> I'm catching up to you. Actually, speaking of, give me a beer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're literally right in front of you. Are you Do you you want me to reach to the same part of the table that yeah. you can also reach yes. and then reach further to give you a beer? Correct. Thanks, James. That felt like an unnecessary how, reach. Um, how are you all doing out there in Radioland? Yeah. Are you doing fresh? Every Everybody shout out your answers at the same time right now. <laughs> Uh, hey man, any day that starts with clean underwear is a good day, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what my grandpa used to say. <laughs> um, today is not one of those days for me. What? I don't think. I think I've been wearing the same clothes for two days. I'm not, that's gross. I'm not entirely sure. Even even the I unders? I don't even know anymore. Even the unders? No, probably not. I don't know. I you've been farting a lot. That's dangerous. You do not blame <laughs> me for something that you've been doing. Yeah, and I won't wear these tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I did. Well, I've worn these pants two days in a row, but that's normal, oh, right? Oh, dude, I've been wearing these pants all week. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Totally okay. Normal. All right. Well, then um, I feel okay. Okay. Well, how's the rest of your week going? Uh, pretty good. Nothing. Two weeks, uh, I should say. Nothing crazy to report. Just been no? chilling. No. Going up to Bad X tomorrow. Oh, fun. For our Thanksgiving. Are you going? Are you going back up there to get the COVID you forgot? Last yeah, time? we're doing a COVID party. Like you know when you do like a chicken pox party. Yeah. We're doing a COVID party so that we can all catch it, so that we all get those those really baller uh, antibodies. Please tell me that a chicken pox party is not a real thing. That is a real thing. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, absolutely. I've never heard of this before. Yep. Parents will... Because it makes... Like, chicken pox uh, is much less severe in children than sure. if you get it later well, in shingles. life. Like, it's if you shingles, get it... Yeah. yeah, if you get it into your, you know, late teens, 20s, or, or even later in life when it's shingles, it can be extremely severe. Yeah. And you can have like lasting nerve pain and, and stuff it's like ridiculously that. Ridiculously contagious. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 parents actually will have chicken pox parties where one of the kids gets chicken pox and they're like, fuck yeah, let's party. And they just they get all the kids together. That's, it's called the ball pit at McDonald's. Yeah, basically. That's pretty much what yeah. it is. Well that, um, that and that and Hep C or whatever. <laughs> Hep C party. I was going to bring up my work again, and ironically, that's called the ball pit, too. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. Too uh, soon. The, too the, soon. Old, the old guy that used to work with us, yeah. uh, he came to work with shingles, knowing it one time. <laughs> We're like, get the fuck away from us. He goes, no, it's not that big. Get the fuck away from us, dude. Oh, my God. What is it with people at my work just not caring about infectious diseases? No, I don't really understand. I don't so get it. if you've had if you've had chicken, because you can have chicken pox. Yeah. And then you never get chicken pox again. But if you've had chicken pox, you can get shingles. I think that's how it works. That's how it works? I'm not sure. I've heard shingles sucks balls, though. I don't know if I've ever had chicken pox. Oh, and really? my parents don't remember either. <laughs> I was the last of three. I think their memories were kind of shot. And they look back, they go, well, we know your brother had it. And we think your other brother had it, but I have no idea if you ever had Oh, it. you're just going to get hit one day with it, dude, and it's going to yeah, suck. Probably. I'll get the, the rooster pox. The, I don't know if it really happens in people pox. our age. I think it's either like young the people pox. or... The cock pox. Cock pox. <laughs> cock pox. That's, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> I, put a, I put a pox upon your cock, <laughs> sir. 
Um, yeah, anyway, oh, going yeah. up for a COVID party tomorrow, nice. and uh, we're just going to chill, you know, have our steaks giving. Very cool. And uh, do our thing. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to disrespect the turkey by respecting the cow. I'm into that. Because I know that you're really... Respect the turkey. Yeah. Now, see, respect the turkey, though, because the turkey you buy at the store is already dead. Make its life worth something, right? Yeah. Eat that fucking thing. Well, yeah. Don't don't listen, don't bypass the turkey. Listen, even you know? if so, okay, so that's your deal. Because even if we start celebrating Christmas way early, we're still gonna eat the turkey we buy. Well, sure. Mike's got a big issue with people celebrating Christmas too early. I just don't pe- I don't want people to forget about the turkey. That's all. I dude, Thanksgiving is my Thanksgiving might be my second favorite holiday. But should be. there's not much to it besides the day itself. Like the day of Thanksgiving is eating until you almost die and watching football and then and then the the little bit of life Ooh. that you the little bit of life that you had left because you almost ate yourself to death, you drink until you actually yeah, die. Yeah, that's true. Or and at least then, pass out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good plan. So that's so Thanksgiving is amazing. But Thanksgiving is really just that one day. That's true. Whereas Christmas is a season. That's much true. like Halloween is a season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I choose to start celebrating the Christmas season a little bit early, and then I pause in the middle to celebrate Thanksgiving, you can go to hell because <laughs> that's I don't what know, I'm going to do. I don't know. I, like like sixty days of Christmas, one day of Thanksgiving. It seems a bit lopsided to me. Call me crazy. We do we do sixty days of Halloween. That's true. We're not talking about Halloween. And I and 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 we do we do we do two days technically of Thanksgiving because we do Steaksgiving up at my parents' house and then we do Thanksgiving okay, down fine, here. Fine, two. So really, two I celebrate. So really, I celebrate the the holiday you, more than you do. You celebrate it twice. That's true. Okay, so, I'll give you that. I'll yeah, give you so that. you can go to hell. Um. <laughs> um. Anyway, though, yeah. Uh, like we were saying before, though, I uh, we're we're both healthy. We're both back at it. We celebrated being healthy well, by... Well, my knee is fucked, but well, well, that's a well, whole different well, yeah, thing. No, healthy is, is maybe the, the <laughs> uh, yeah, wrong yeah, Healthy is a we're, relative. We're both healthy in terms of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we celebrated, Kristen and I celebrated, by going to the movie theaters for the oh. very first time in damn near three years. Okay, you're way off on that, by the way. No, I'm not. Well, you it's saw... It's been two years of COVID. You saw a movie in 2019. Okay, so beginning of 2019, we're entering 2022. That's That's... Not three years. Almost three years. Two and a half. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been like mid twenty nineteen. Point when did, is, when did Joker? It's been come a long out? time. When did Joker? Come I think out? it was end of summer. I believe it was end of summer. Yeah. So you're looking at like two years tops. Okay, even still, it's a long time to not. That is a long years. time to not go to the movies. So uh, we went and saw Granted. Eternals. The Marvel, oh yeah, how was Marvel's it? Eternals? How was it? Oh, it's good. It's um, it's not my favorite Marvel movie, but I like it more. After I've sat with it a couple of days, it's like the most drama movie I think that Marvel's put out to date. Okay, because it's a ton of story, sure, packed into two and a half hours. Well, it's also like like what is it like fifteen new characters? It's that a you got to learn. It's, it's a like ton. it's a ton because I don't really know. I don't know. Found, the thing is, it's a foundation movie. Yeah, right. So they're gonna well, build sure, upon yeah. these characters for a lot of the movie movie because this next like era of movies the next decade and a half of movies mm-hmm. it's all like spacey mystical you know like that kind of stuff right um and yeah this is like a foundation movie where they're introducing it's like all this crazy backstory with the celestials and the and the eternals and you know all the stuff that happened before the big bang and how the universes were created and all that stuff so is the idea then to like weave them into 
the rest. Well, they of sort the... of already are. So do you remember in I want I believe it was, and this isn't giving anything away, but I believe that it was Thor Dark World, I think. Mm-hmm. Where they're traveling to like they're traveling through the um the gateway, you know, and like they're passing all these universes and planets and stuff to go to like the ice planet, I think it was. Okay. I think it was in Thor where they pass by this gigantic severed head that's just floating out in the middle of somewhere. I do remember that, yeah. That is the head of a celestial. Oh. So like that is already sort of there. Okay. And that they're I guarantee you they're gonna go back to it because they reference something in Eternals that very well could have been the reason that that celestial got beheaded so like you're gonna yeah you're gonna I, see so like why it's weaved it's weaved enough to connect the two there's a lot of connective tissue okay but it's definitely setting up for its own thing um but uh it's pretty cool you know um what was that i don't know you didn't hear that i sort of did but weird um yeah no so we um i'm kind of bummed you know that uh that we're not a, a superhero podcast the fuck was that? What was it again? Is it Lionel? Is Lionel haunting your uh Well, can I tell you something? Yeah. That might have my house always makes weird sounds. It might have been my hot water heater. Okay. Today I was down here getting this the basement cleaned up a little mm-hmm. bit so that we could do the show. Is this rec- am I are we recording mm-hmm. this? Am I telling this mm-hmm. story? Um Well, we're keeping it on, baby. I'll put my cans back on then. I was down here. Getting shit clean, cleaned up and kind of organizing, you know, getting ready to be down here for the show. And I was sitting on the couch because I thought I'd sit down just like I had, I had a few minutes left before I had to go get uh, my kids from school. And so I was sitting on the couch, just kind of looking at my phone and stuff. It was totally quiet in the house. No, no speakers, no TVs. And my mm-hmm. phone wasn't making any noise or anything. And suddenly I hear... What I swear to God, what sounds like a a ball. So, in this portion of the house that we're in right now, yeah, this would be we're right underneath the uh, the front room, right? Okay. So, like right over there would be the dining room. Correct. And I heard what sounded like a ball hit the floor and then roll all the way from the dining room all the way to the kitchen to like where the dog lays over there mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm sitting there on my phone and i hear it and i just go <laughs> and i am and i in my in my head just followed the sound all the way i just go <laughs> like that and track it all the way through the house and i go what the fuck dude? is it possible that marty died and he came back to his <laughs> his wonderland of misfit just, carpentry and he this, wanted is, to, this is now where he resides he, he's coming back to like fix some of the shit that he <laughs> fucked up in this house i don't know dude I, it like you know i have knives everywhere right so sure. like i grabbed one of my my like real stabby ones and i and i headed upstairs i was like <laughs> Oh shit! Here we go. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know, is this a ghost or is this just like some clown came into my house? Was it kind of like when that crazy guy was right outside my uh, apartment door? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I never know. You never know oh, when something know. like that could happen. Like mm-hmm. I keep my house pretty locked up, and I've got the the ring camera and all that. Mm-hmm. But shit, dude! Like I was, <laughs> I was a little freaked out. And you get upstairs, and it's just your kid floating in midair, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Well, my kids weren't here, but I don't know. I chalked it up to, uh, I don't know, just one of those things, you mm. know? Speaking of kids. Yes. Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh. Moving on. 
<laughs> I will say this. I watched like three hours of the trial, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're transitioning away from ghosts into to real life. Oh, are we actually going to talk about this? No, we, we don't need to. Oh, okay. My point, I, I was just going to bring it up, though, because I think it's funny. I watched like three hours of his, um, when he was on the stand, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into any of the political, anything of the trial, whatever. Right? Yeah. I, whatever. I, sure. I, I don't care about talking about it. I will say this. I much prefer my court dramas in movies mm-hmm. because they get to the fucking point so much <laughs> faster. I this is this might be the very first time that I've ever actually watched a live trial like in real time. Oh really? I've never watched one before. I've watched quite a it few is, of the big ones. It is grueling yeah. to watch them. Dude, they talked in circles. For three hours. I mean, that's intentional. Like they're trying to but, get people to break. But and that's stuff the thing. Like that, but that's but. what pisses me off, though. Is it was three hours of circle talking, saying, and even the judge was, and the judge is was weird in this case. But like the judge though would stop him, and be like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like you you said this a half an hour ago. Yeah. Like, but like he was like he was literally just trying to get him to like like not even slip up because he's gonna reveal something, but to say something." unintentional so yeah. that he can so that he can get something like he's literally trying like, to go oh, what you mean stone. by that it's like yeah. i don't know dude you asked me the same question 18 it's, times it's a blood from a stone kind of situation yeah, like that, yeah and it's just like dude like that's how was this justice like yeah come on yeah it's uh, uh i fucking hate lawyers like i get why people hate lawyers now. yeah i get it yeah um much prefer, uh, much prefer my, my, my court dramas <laughs> yeah. in the movies. Though. I much prefer my courtroom dramas to be written by Dick Wolf. Yes, exactly. Because he's, he's really good at it. Exactly. And he's got a sweet name. It's masculine and it's a wolf. Also, if you look him up in the white pages, Wolf Dick. Wolf Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. Oh, speaking of like the, the antagonist uh, in Lord of Illusions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? What was there a wolf dick? No, oh no, damn it! I'm <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking I'm th- about? I'm thinking that his name was. <laughs> I knew his name was Harry. I was thinking his name was Dick Harry. No, he's a dick. Not not his name is Dick. I was to say, yeah. look it up. It's it's just uh, like caveman speech. Dick Harry. <laughs> What's that come from? Not private Harry Dick. Private Dick. What's that come from? Um, I don't know. We're gonna have to look that up. Is that my computer no, or yours? No, it's mine. No. It's, it's not. I don't think it's recording. But um, yeah. So anyway, where the hell were we? Should we uh, get into some corrections from last week? Apparently, I left the stove on before I left the house today. Oh, and are you she, serious? And she just found it. It was on low, so it wouldn't have caused anything. But so, uh, so would it just stove top? So stove would it just, top. So would it just the, burned the house down slowly. Stove top, not the actual stove, but still. Stove top. Oh, like uh, in fairness, no, I left it on because she was gonna be eating. Not my fault. Wait, what? Not my fault. You left it on because she was gonna be eating. I made dinner. I made dinner tonight, and I left it on to keep warm because she was gonna have another bowl after I left. Oh. So not my fault. Did you tell her that you were gonna leave it on? It's implied. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You gotta tell people things. Uh, whatever. You're dumb. Well, All right. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I'll, I I know that I I know that I often like uh, I bring up Greg on this show. Oh sure. And just be like, oh, oh, I know Greg's Greg. listening. He's gonna he's gonna like that joke. Here's something he might not like. What's that it? motherfucker has in it, not only in this house but also in our Harbor's apartment mm-hmm. has left our burners on, and we have gas burners. Has left our burners on 
and then left the house. Like he cooked it. Like there was one time he made a stuffed stuffed French toast or something. Mm-hmm. We sat around watching uh, uh, Mystery Science Three, Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Mystery Science. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We sat around watching that for like a couple hours, and then he left. And then we went about our business for the day, and then we went over and we go, this, we appreciate him making us breakfast, but this motherfucker never turned the stove off <laughs> with gas yeah, burners. me. And then he did it in our house once, too, and it's See, like, I'm, I think he's secretly trying to murder us. Gas would be different, because I feel like I would be afraid to leave that on, because we have cats, and I'm afraid that they would jump up and then there <laughs> literally be a fireball running around the house. Hot pussy. <laughs> Hot pussy make a jump for joy. You ever hear that song? No. Hot pussy make a jump for joy. Sounds like the Chili Peppers or Primus or something. <laughs> it's terrible. Whatever it is. All right. Um, I have no. I have. I have no segue. Speaking of hot pussy, I don't know. Let's get into Correct. some corrections uh, from not, last week. No, that I don't know. Correcting. Whatever. Let's get into some corrections. Speaking of hairy dicks. Stupid. You're so stupid! <laughs> you sound like fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> Hold on, I'm see if I can say. It's, it, it's the glass. You gotta have your mouth in the glass. <laughs> I sound like. Uh, sounds like you're trying It sounds to like, like Phil Hartman's version of Frankenstein from SNL. You ever, have you, did you ever see the skits where he played Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was gonna say, it sounds like you're trying to make the sound of starting a chainsaw, but you also have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you sound like. Oh, so Saturday. So so Saturday evenings. Yeah. Very specific. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have a couple of corrections here. Um, uh, only because we didn't really know, but yes, Chardonnays are typically always dry. Boom. Suck it. <laughs> Sucked. <laughs> um, and this is more like a dixie. Before I get into this, do you have any corrections? Yeah, just one. Okay. Um, I said that you would be dead by the time you came back over, and you're clearly not dead so much to the chagrin of most of our listeners <laughs> that's true that's true okay uh my last uh correction is uh less of a correction and more of a um you know it's uh it's an elaboration on something that we said last week okay uh we talked about the night of the living dead franchise and how that was probably one of the most chronologically confused franchises ever okay in terms of trying to keep it straight yeah and i have in front of me an actual diagram of everything uh, and it's it's insane. You're looking at it right now. Yeah, you just there yeah. are 33 movies oh that you can God. actually trace back to Night of the Living Dead. So you start with the original, and then you have all the Romero uh, sequels, yeah. right? But then you have the uh, the producer had branched off, and technically, Return of the Living Dead is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. And they actually, they reference it in the movie. So it is a sequel. Okay. And then you have five movies in that series. You have a re-edit of Night of the Living Dead by, I think it was uh, uh, one of the actors, uh, John Russo. Russo? Yeah. yeah. Was he an actor or one of the producers? I forget. I this, this is awful that I can't remember that. <laughs> Point is, though, like he did that and then he did an, a sequel to his re-edit called Children of the Living Dead, which actually connects to Reve- uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead. So it's a direct sequel of not only Night of the Living Dead, but also a direct... This says also uh, a direct sequel to Return of the Living Dead. Or a loose sequel, but yeah, technically speaking. Weird. And then you have... Oh, loose sequel. I'm but, sorry, I didn't... 
Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that the arrows are also color coded. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Holy it's crazy. Shit. And then you have uh, uh, re- all the different remakes that have their Tons own remakes, their yeah. own sequels and wow. their own things. Then you have remakes that have like um, like technically Diary of the Dead is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead and not the other series because it's a different time. Like it's a different group of people, different uh, part of the yeah. whatever. That has its own sp- uh, spin-offs. Then you have all the Italian movies. <laughs> like you have Zombie, Zombie 2, Zombie 3, and Zombie 4. And then Zombie 5 is technically speaking like in name only, but like a direct sequel to or it's an in name only sequel to the in name only sequels. <laughs> it, it's so fun. It's ridiculous. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but there are diagrams online that you can find wait and then absurd and then that movie uh i always get this name wrong um anthropophagus yeah i'm not i'm actually not how is that part of this i'm actually not 100 percent sure on that i know that they are connected because of the the uh the filmmakers well this is under unofficial zombie films yeah it starts with zombie five which moves to absurd and then anthropophagus anthropophagus <laughs> anthropophagus is that how you say it yeah i don't know exactly how though i've heard of absurd i've never a, seen it he's not even a, he's not even a zombie is he the, what's that the 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 guy in anthropophagus yeah, i thought is. he is yeah, it a it zombie is. i'm pretty sure it is yeah i i have watched it it's been a while but um yeah it's it's just, the whole point is is it the lineage of romero's night of the living dead it holds the crown as the most convoluted franchise yeah, this is crazy, under the dude. sun. It's insane. Um, and I'm I'm ashamed. Oh, and to here's admit, the one that you mentioned. Yeah. with uh, <laughs> with Sid Hague. I own the one next to it too. I own all of the ones above it. And then and then in honorable mentions, like how does how do these plant like so? Flesh Eater is you know the main zombie from the graveyard and the Living Dead. Yeah, he made Flesh Eater. That's him on the cover. He's yeah. an old oh, man. Yeah. He's an old man now. He made that, um, and I don't know what the other ones are, to be honest with you, but I think they're like uh, fan movies that huh. were technically made to be a part of that universe or something. Chemical Skyline. But, it's a cool yeah, name. It's, it's a cool band name. Wow. That's, if you're uh, a, a new metal band. Chemical Skyline. Yeah, Chemical Skyline. <laughs> Chemical Skyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, though, crazy. That's wild, insane. dude. Yeah. That's really wild. Yeah, I, I feel like no series will ever touch this in terms of that bullshit. Yeah, wow. Anyway, that's all I got for corrections. All right, cool. Well, um... Hey, James. Yeah. What are we doing this week? Well, this week, if you're wondering what, what tricks with dicks <laughs> means... It's not, it's not your typical Saturday it's night. It's not your typical Saturday night fair. Uh, we're actually talking about two movies that uh, they happen to they happen to cross... Cross streams, mm. if you will, because mm. they have dicks <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, because they're both movies that have to do with uh, private dicks. Yep, private eyes, private Harry, investigators. Harry dicks. Harry dicks. Turns out both of these private dicks are named Harry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and they're hired to find people who are involved in some way in magic. Uh, in in magic or the dark arts, yeah. if you will. Whether it be like. Uh, you have uh, one guy, Swan, who is like the David Copperfield. Stop right? looking at me, Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> um, and then you have the, the dark arts in the other movie. 
Yeah. So kind of different two yeah. uh, two sides of the same coin, kind of. So we so we watched uh, we watched uh, the one was the Swan that he mentioned is um, uh, uh, Lord, Lord of, of Illusions. Lord of Illusions, the Make, Clive the Clive Barker movie, making good on last week, making we good on last week, two weeks ago, and I said that I had never seen it and we should do it soon. And of course, we we did it soon. Mm-hmm. In fact, we did it for our next episode. Uh, and then also, um, what the hell is it? Angel Heart. Angel Heart. Yes. Which I had never, I had heard the title. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. I only. Absolutely nothing. I only knew about this movie because when you and me and Vito and Chris Jordan play Slash Cards, Angel Heart is in like a hundred of the questions. Oh, so I'll and be And I'm able- like, what is this fucking, what is this movie with Robert De Niro playing this guy named Lewis Cipher. Oh, it's the worst name ever. And they it's we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Like yeah. I'm like, what what the heck? Because Chris Jordan seemed like he knew quite a bit about it. And I'm like, what is this? He's fucking never seen movie? it. I hung oh, he's with, never seen I, it? I hung up with him last night. He's never seen it. But he knows about it. He knows about it. I mean it, he knows but... about every movie. No, but... I'm sorry. He has seen it. I'm sorry. I completely dismiss- Are you lying? Are I you com- misrepresenting our I com- friend? I completely dismisremembered that. Okay. Well, at any rate, I had never seen it. Um I I I pulled a I pulled a pretty risky move this week because I had never seen Lord of Illusions even though Mike's been telling me to watch it. Did you throw it to it. a stripper? Huh? No. Th- <laughs> no. That was 2 weeks ago. Um <laughs> unprotected. I had never seen Lord of Illusions. So I had kind of the, just the basic idea of what it was about, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was about a private detective, right? Yeah. And somehow I came across Angel Heart when I was trying to pair up that movie with another one for this week. And so the the risky move that I took was I, I went based entirely off of the IMDb description, which we've talked about on the show before. IMDb descriptions can be... Hit or uh, miss, pretty Typi- wank. typically miss. Did you say yeah. pretty wank? Pretty wank. <laughs> pretty wank. They can be pretty wank, and uh, but it turned out turned out great. Like yeah. it's a great pairing. In They're basically more ways than one. Yeah, too. They, yeah, they have a lot of similarities, and and enough uh, and enough dissimilarities to where they're two very separate. Uh, yeah. Two separate, unique movies. They're, you're not going to confuse them. Put no, it that way. absolutely not. Uh, they're, they're, but they're they're very close kissing cousins. Yes. Um. Did you grab the only beer that you? No, it's right. Oh, it's right there. I just wanted you to grab me it's another just, beer from yeah. the same. It's sunk, <laughs> sunk down in the. Uh, so Mike apparently has had quite a few beers from this. Yeah. Um. So this beer this week is called uh, the Magic Dragon Sour. It's from. Hey, you don't need to steal my part just because yeah, you've it's had from, this brewery it's before. It's from uh, Connecticut Valley Brewing Company. Uh, they make, hands down, my favorite sours outside of uh, Dogfish Head, who makes the Sequench, which is mm. my favorite go-to sour. Sequench is so um, good. But these, they're, these are all like um, very flavorful, fruity sours that they make. It's kind of like their thing. And they also make a lemonade sour, which oh. sounds like, well, it's just fucking lemonade, right? But no, it's like a lemonade smoothie sour. It's fucking delicious. Uh, but well, this it's one... it's just a fucking lemonade smoothie, right? This one's called the Magic Dragon. Will and... you stop stealing all my shit? What the... F- what are you doing? Sorry. This is not... Well, you've... you've hey, James, you've, what are we drinking tonight? You've taken up... A... <laughs> Now, how often do you eat dragon fruit? Um, so I made the mistake one time. Here's some story time. I made the mistake one time of eating 
too much dragon fruit <laughs> too quick over a period of like a month. I ate like a ton of it. Yeah. Here's the thing about what dragon you, fruit. What do you consider too much? Like more than like one a day, two a day. It's more more so in terms of how much during a sitting. Okay. Here's the thing. Dragon fruit makes you poop. Oh, it does? Oh yeah. It moves uh it moves your shit around. Moves moves the mail. It does. It yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, it moves the mail. Um Found that out the hard way. I've never had that happen. Yeah, because well, you, you need to eat more of it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, hold on. So again, I ask, how much dragon fruit were you eating? If you eat like a full one by yourself, like a, a big one, it can affect you. That's what Absolutely. I like when I nobody else in my house eats dragon fruit. So when I, I also, buy dragon fruit, I I eat the whole thing by myself. I also was eating a lot of the yellow dragon fruit, which oh. is different. The yellow dragon fruit is much more potent. Okay. And that's what does it. You got to you got to go for the white stuff. Yep. They don't look right. No, no, it's the outside. They're both white on the inside. It's the oh, it's the, the yellow is like it's yellow on the outside as opposed to red. A dragon fruit doesn't look like it should exist. Like when you cut it open, because yeah. it's the outside is so beautiful, pink like all the pinks and greens and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then when you cut it open, it's just stark white. It doesn't look with with black seeds. Yeah, with the little black seeds, it doesn't look like something that should exist. It uh, it it fits. It makes about as much sense in the fruit world as like an octopus does or a jellyfish does in like the sea world. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a fucking alien. Like, don't tell me that's not an alien. Well, yeah. <laughs> You know yeah, what I'm saying? Oct- octopi are from Europa. Everybody knows that. Duh. 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 Um, yeah. So anyway, this is the Magic Dragon Sour from Connecticut Valley. I already told them this, James. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a 5.5 percenter. Unleash the power of the dragon fruit flower. It sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Unleash the power of the dragon fruit flower. All right. Let's give this a try. Here, you haven't had this one yet? I have not. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. This table is really big. I know. Social distancing. <laughs> we're being responsible. Oh my! Yep. I could tell as soon as, as soon as it hit my it's lips, delicious. that this it is, had. It's like now that that they make like perfect drinking sours. I fucking love them. That accurately because i've had other beers before that claimed to have the dragon flute dragon fruit the dragon fruit <laughs> the dragon is, that a, is that a legend of zelda thing that you collect <laughs> no it's that fucking thing that tommy oh. the white ranger played the dragon flute no, no that, was, uh, that was the green ranger thank you very much the white ranger had uh the type. simba or whatever the fuck it was what <laughs> no what was the name of the dragon that was on top of tommy's uh dagger was it Samba? <laughs> Samba or Simba? Remember. It wasn't Simba, but I don't remember. You're asking me to dig back in the vault like twenty five years. Um, this I've had other things that are dragon fruit flavored before mm-hmm. that don't taste like dragon fruit. This actually tastes it, like a dragon fruit. It's like you're literally eating a dragon like biting fruit. into yeah. one, yeah. But sour. But sourized. Mm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like light and refreshing. It's not too sour. They make a blueberry sour, which is, I think, my favorite that they make. It's baller, dude. It's so good. They're I like cran- that. Where do you get these? Cranberry one, too. Where do you get these? Um, Anywhere, really. Ooh, the cranberries. cranberry sour the would cr- be good. The cranberries. The cranberries. The cranberry sour would be good for uh, the holiday season. It would be. Uh, anyway, though. All right. Uh, that's, that's what we're, we're drinking. drinking. That's, that's what, what we're talking, talking about. about. Let's get in the bleed feed. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
right. You kind of went rogue there. I did. Yeah. I did. Just got to keep people on their toes, you know? Stepping all over my toes gotta is keep, what you're doing. Got to keep you off your toes. <laughs> um, okay, let's see here. First up, we do have some deaths this week. I, oh, I, I, it's catching up to me because I have three of them. What? Talk about over the last two weeks. Michael. Uh, first off, this is something you'll be familiar with. Uh, William Lucking, who played, um, what's his name? Piney Winston. Piney. On Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Passed away at the age of 80 this week. Uh, let's see here. He died in Las Vegas, his wife announced. And um, yeah, I wasn't familiar a lot with him. I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. I know mm-hmm. you did. I'm only really bringing this up because that's, you know, a thing that you were in. But uh, See, he was... I would have I would have pegged him for older and uh, no 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 disrespect but for older and on James, the verge of don't peg the man he's, he's dead <laughs> shut up <laughs> for older and on the verge of death anyway because all throughout the the show on mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy he's like on his like he's on his last legs pretty much throughout the entire show oh was he um yeah he's got like he's on an oxygen tank and you know okay like he's still he's still part part of the biker gang but okay so i saw pictures of that i didn't know if that was like him in real life needing oxygen or if that was his character no that was part of that was the piney gotcha okay okay um he also did stuff uh he did uh multiple episodes of star trek and x files and stuff like that so you know dude uh dude did some genre stuff right on yeah so that's pretty awesome oh rest Uh, in peace moving did it say did you say how he died i did not say i did not read how he actually died they might not have uh, come out with it um next up here we have uh james yes michael did you ever watch bosom buddies Yes. With Mr. Tom Hanks, America's Dead. Maybe. I think. Well, Tom Hanks' co-star, Peter Scolari, has passed away. Uh, Peter Scolari uh, did not really dabble in horror all that much, but he did star in a movie called Ticks. Mm. Back in, I think it was the early '80s, maybe late '70s. It was, I think it was '80s. Yeah, so he was in Ticks. That was his uh, his foray into the uh, into the horror sci fi world. Um, he also played. I didn't know this. He also played Wayne, the dad, in the Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and just for good measure, he was untouched by an angel a whole bunch. <laughs> You picked like the three things that he's not best known for. <laughs> no, he was best known for Bosom Buddies for sure. Um, again, I don't actually, for whatever reason, the article that I have pulled up here is Tom Hanks's response to him dying, not actually his obituary. I pulled up the wrong page. So I don't actually know how he died or how old he was or anything, but the man passed away and well, he was born in 55 uh he died in 21 he was so oh, he, he died in 2021 did he so he was 66 that's young so yeah that's young so yeah, yeah that's probably wrong. probably uh not a uh, two year battle with cancer oh, yep geez. here we go yep. so yeah it's a bummer but uh rest in peace to him and then finally our last <clears> death of the <throat> week was dean stockwell the co-star of quantum leap oh which Fits into, into uh, our, uh, today, yeah, because the other co-star of Quantum Leap, uh, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Ooh, it's Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. <laughs> <laughs> um, he passed away uh, this past week as well at the age of eighty-five. Um, let's see here. Not Isn't, a bad run. Not a bad not run a at bad all. Run. That's, that's pretty. 
good. It's pretty good. Um, got 70 years worth of credits to his name. That's nuts. That's a, that, that is, is a packed life. How old was he? He was 80. He's 85. Wow. Yeah. So pretty, pretty nuts. Working so. from the time he was 15. I, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit that I've never watched a single episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, really? Nope. I used to watch it when I was younger. Didn't understand a fucking lick of it. Yeah. But um, I watched it. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably be into it now if I started to. Oh, but, I'm sure you would. It's, but who has it's the all time? sci-fi and heady, heady shit. Who has the time to go back and watch an entire series of TV shows? You do. Yeah, it's not, not anymore. Yes, you do. Not anymore. Sure you do. I find myself watching stuff like Gilmore Girls. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> oh man, what is personal time? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're uh, not. Kind of. Okay. He also did episodes of the Twilight Zone. So that's, uh, you know, that's something his foot in there and the Alfred Hitchcock hour. So there you go. Um, yeah, he's, um, rest in peace to all those guys because dying sucks. <laughs> that's what you learned today. True that. Rest in peace. All right. Let's move on here. Um, we all love the Jonestown Massacre here on the Buzzkill Podcast, right? We like cults, culty things. I don't know if I love it. <laughs> I find it interesting. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if if there's ever a Jim Jones movie, right? Yeah. Like a, a Jonestown Jim Jones movie? Yeah. Who do you think would be a really good... And if you've already seen this, then don't answer. But if you, who do you think would play a really good Jim Jones? Kate Winslet. Ooh, doing B- the gender swap. Billy Zane. Oh, Billy... It, it really anybody from the movie Titanic. Oh, I see. I see. I see what you're doing here because you've already seen this. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, see, I didn't even. That one didn't even occur to me. The door from Titanic is in talks to play Jim Jones. <laughs> no, Leo DiCaprio is in jo- uh, in Jones in talks to play Jim Jones. Um, I'm excited about it because I actually like DiCaprio's charismatic enough, and Jim Jones was pretty charismatic to get people to join a cult. So Well you gotta be, don't I you? Kind of feel like it's a perfect uh kind of a perfect casting thing there. It's being written by Scott Rosenberg who did Venom. It's an interesting I think it'll jump. be um I think it'll be interesting. I thought that uh even though it wasn't specifically the Jonestown massacre, it obviously was. Uh the sacrament. That guy who played the Jim Jones yeah, he was type character in the sacrament, I thought was perfect. Yeah, he perfect. was fantastic. Um, I can't yeah, remember I the guy's s- name for the life I of me. I can see but... Leo doing it, though. No, I Leo is a cult leader. Come on. Usually he's always playing like the, he's always kind of like the baby face to the heel, you know, in, in movies. Yeah. He's always the good guy. Yeah. I want to see him as a bad guy. You know? Well, I guess like, I guess uh, I guess it depends on whether you believe in what Jim Jones was doing or not. Because is that a bad guy? Yes, James. doesn't doesn't make you a bad guy. <laughs> it does though. Mur- murdering hundreds of people by making them drink Kool Aid. I'm pretty sure it does. That's not murder. Oh, you're right. Sorry. That's um, just. Uh, well, speaking of murder, at worst, it's coercion. Well, speaking of murder, James. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hatchet Three has a lot of murder in it. Ah. Uh. Hatchet Three was directed by a guy named B.J. McDowell. Okay. Mc- McDonald. Sorry. Uh, and in February. Of 2022, he <laughs> <laughs> trying to hide the burps in between the talks here. It's not. It's not working. Oh, you and Mr. Claire, bud. Yep. Uh, uh, director B.J. McDonald will be directing a movie, or did already direct a movie called Studio Six Six Six. Oh yeah. Starring 
none other than the Foo Fighters. Fight is a foo. We're getting a fucking Foo Fighters horror movie. Yeah. This is the greatest idea ever. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> news that I've heard it's, all year. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> um, the plot is that we're learning is that the band is, a, is haunted during a recording session and become possessed. Um, from my understanding, it's crazy bloody, crazy gory, and just fun splattery. So even if this movie is terrible, I kind of feel like it's going to go down as one of the best movies ever made. Oh, it'll be fun, dude. It'll be fun. And like all the... Fun. fun. And all of the, like, all the guys in the Foo Fire, I don't, I don't know how, like, Dave Grohl, uh, Taylor, Pat, Nate... I, I was I was getting to Nate. I don't know how Nate's gonna do. <laughs> you know. You don't think so? I don't know. I just don't know. Like because he's, he's the bass player. Yeah, just cause, no, because he's just like he's a very quiet fella. You know. Maybe he has no lines. Maybe maybe May- he has no lines. <laughs> maybe he just gets off. I don't know. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see though. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun no matter what. Oh hell yeah, it is, dude. He's uh, ah, he's a goofball though. He is kind of a goofball. I don't know. Yeah, I think no. I think it'll be great. I think I'm into it. I think I I'm I'm really excited for it. The cover art is amazing. Um, yeah, poster. I mean, art, come on, yeah. like well, poster art, whatever the fuck. Shut up, <laughs> you fucking prick. All right. Also, it's, it's, it's actually poster art. But also, <laughs> also coming in 2022. Uh, it was finally announced that we will be getting Stranger Things season four in the summer of 2022. Did you watch the teaser trailer? Actually, Chris Shiflet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going back. He's pr- he's probably the one that I could see phoning it in the most because he's like too cool for school. You know I, what I mean? I can just see him actually just like ignoring everything going on around the rest of the band <laughs> and then surviving. <laughs> That would actually be a great <laughs> angle. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go back to what you were talking about. Did you about. watch the teaser for Stranger Things 4? Not yet. Ooh, dude. James. Should I? Yes. Of course L- you should. Like right now? Yeah, it looks like, great. Should we pause and then do it? Nah, it's good. Okay. Um, No, it's awesome. Uh, and we have now the titles for all of the episodes Okay. in season four. You're not going to tell me them. Do you want me to? No. Why not? Because I don't, because titles can contain spoilers. That's true. So don't. I'm assuming I'm you've already to. read them. Well, I'm looking at them right now. Stop it. <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? Um, yeah, but we're... <laughs> this, one, this one's titled The Mind Flayer Kills Dustin. <laughs> I wonder what it's going to be about. <laughs> you prick. Uh, actually, one of them is pretty fucking close. No, 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 no. <laughs> just fucking just close it. All right, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Stranger Things 4. We're, we're excited about it. Um, let's see here. Uh, if you're a big fan of rubber-suited Godzilla movies, uh, guess what? The Final Wars version of Godzilla, they, a Toho, actual Toho, made a new short film with oh. the rubber-suited Godzilla from the Final Wars days. Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I have watched it. It's <clears throat> amazing, as it should be. Okay. And, uh, you can find it online. So there you go. Very nice, Nina. Look it up. Very nice. Um, okay. Broken Lizard is a comedy troupe course that i like a lot as do i also has ties to this week's episode oh really which, yeah i don't think you realize that because i didn't realize it the no. main protagonist in lord of illusions is the highway patrol chief in super troopers the highway patrol chief uh, no, no i'm sorry the sheriff the the local sheriff uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So okay. also ties. Um, but Broken Lizard is not known for doing like adaptations of things necessarily. However, they are making a satire adaptation of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> if Farva's That's not the Hunchback, <laughs> then I quit. Because <laughs> he should be. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, this is going to be on Hulu next year. It's pretty awesome. Uh, a hapless Hunchback yearns for love, but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each orders the Hunchback to kill each other. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. into it. Whatever. Um, Kevin Heffernan is directing it, actually. Not Jay. Kevin uh, Heffernan is uh, Farva, right? Yeah. Not not Jay. Uh, let's see if I can get the name right. <laughs> Jay uh, Chandra Heskatar. No. Nope. It's not right at all. No. His name is so confusing. I it's might really, even try it. It's really not. I would have to look at it, but it's not that Shandruskur. hard. Chandraskur. Sh- I don't know. Something like that. Um, anyway, moving on here because I'm trying to get through this quick. Uh, hey, we're getting Shandrasikar. Shandrasikar. Is that it? Okay. Shandrasikar. Yeah, um, this so. is not horror, but I'm a fan, so who cares? Uh, Boondock Saints 3 is going to be filmed early next year. <laughs> Fucking A right. Love it. Moving on. <laughs> Come on. Is it going to be, is it, is it the same fuck, fuck boy? Oh that, yeah. Oh, it's all of, yeah. Uh, yeah. what's his name? Troy Duffy? Yeah. Oh my god! Yep. All right, whatever. Yep. Troy dude. Duffy. I uh, everybody's coming back for it. So don't get me wrong. I'm gonna watch it. Oh, it's great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's not gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, you know, what else is gonna be great. Hocus Pocus two. Uh, news came out this week that uh, Doug Jones is returning as Billy Butcherson. That's dope. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, they did release too a updated picture of all the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> they don't look that much different, which is weird. <laughs> Except for they just didn't have to put as much makeup on them. Fair, but they no. don't look that much different though. It's, it's those, kind of bizarre, actually. Those babes look old. I mean, they are old, so yeah, whatever, it's true. fine. But it's true. like, it's just it's 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 kind it's it's kind of weird to see them, you know? Because I I'm so used to watching Hocus Pocus. It is literally because at the beginning of the movie they're old, you know, yeah, and then they suck the life out of that that little chick and and then they're young again yep it's like they're just the they're back to pre sucking the life out of some young girl sanderson sisters you're terrible james you're (laughs) you're just the worst people get old mike all right it's just how life goes let's talk about uh some news that you actually like here okay uh pray james eat pray love Eat, Pray, Love is the uh, Julia is, Roberts is, is the title for Disney's new Predator movie. Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, no, just pray. Um, we've talked about this before, but we have a, a glimpse, a picture that uh, shows us what to expect from Prey. Uh, and uh, this movie is about a Comanche woman who goes against gender norms and uh, traditions to become a warrior. So basically, it's 300 years before the first Predator movie. Yeah. And it's about the Predator's first trip to Earth. I'm looking at the so picture right now. Yeah. Man. I'm into it. I think it's cool. I, I like dope. I like movies that were set back in, <clears throat> like, well, the juxtaposition... The very, very, very olden days of humans, you the know? Juxta- the very, very olden days of humans. <laughs> the juxtaposition here between... Because you can just barely make out the, the outline of the Predator, mm-hmm. but you can see the red light of his his like little laser cannon uh-huh. thing. And then, like I said, the juxtaposition between that and... This woman with her... With she's dressed arrow. in, you know, like, like animal, animal hides... 
carrying a bow and arrow. She's got the war paint on and stuff like oh, that. Like it looks... I just realized why you thought it was a slingshot. Oh well, this, she's carrying the... she's carrying a staff and a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which people aren't going to know what we're talking oh, yeah, about because you recorded over that. But yeah, she's like the way. Yeah, the way she's holding it. When I was looking at the small picture at first, yep. it looked kind of strange. But I understand what I'm looking like, at now. One of my one of my um, go to movies when I'm in the mood to watch something <clears throat> that is from like a, a very old period in time, or whatever, mm-hmm. is uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypto. Apocalypto. I was gonna say yeah. Apocalypticus. That's the really bad new the, metal band. Is it the Mel Gibson? <laughs> uh, Apocalypto is that, the Mel, one Gibson that Mel Gibson movie. directed? Yeah, and it's amazing. With, God, uh, I fucking love that with movie. Magwar. Yeah. Yeah. With Magwar. Magwar. Um, and this kind of is like that mixed with Predator, and I'm very into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm super into this idea. I think that's really cool. Uh. Yeah. I don't know when the release date of this movie is, but uh, it's going to likely be next year. I'd I imagine. I think. I'd imagine since they're starting to tease it right now. Summer of 2022 on Hulu. That's right. This is oh. a Hulu uh, exclusive. Oh, really? Wow. Um, yeah. All okay. right, James. Yes. Tell me, huh? what is new on CED? Well, it's simple. I can tell you. Yeah. I can tell you. Tell I can tell you right now. Tell it's me. CED. Candyman, Day What's of the Dead. What's a CED, James? Huh? What's a CED? A compact erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Leave Brian out of this. <laughs> I knew you were going to take it there, and I love it. Tiny little fella. Oh, fucking Brian. Okay, go on. Candyman, Day of the Dead, which was released straight to video in 1999, is headed home on Blu-ray as part of Lionsgate's, Lionsgate's Vestron Video Collectors series. The third installment in the franchise featuring t- Tony Todd, but for some reason I put Tondi Todd, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and Donna Dierico, which I also love. It sounds like the porn version of Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Tony Todd. <laughs> uh, has been given a release date of January 18th, 2022, and will feature amazing new artwork by Devin Whitehead. Did you see the artwork I did. for this? It's, it's, it's incredible. It looks dope as yeah. hell for a movie that's not that good. I've heard nothing but bad things about it. I've oh, never, never actually, seen I've it? I've never seen it, no. I have seen it. It's not great. Um... Let's see here. Coming to DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD on January 11th is Halloween Kills, David sort Gordon of. Green's second film in the new trilogy. Uh, although the details haven't been fully confirmed, Green did tease that the release would include an extended version of the movie with an alternate ending. And again, nothing is confirmed yet, but fans are also hoping to see the additional shot of Michael Myers that was left on the cutting room floor. And the reason this shot is special is because the shape in this particular shot was played by none other than Nick, Nick Castle, the original 1978 mm-hmm. shape. Um, and last, but certainly not least, I told you I didn't have too much this, this week. Um, I already told you a couple of weeks ago about the, uh, the naughty cut of Scream Factory's Krampus 4K release. Uh, this is just a little bit of update on that. Uh, that will be released on December 7th. And it will include new for the Naughty Cut. Uh, the Naughty Cut with additional scenes in adult language that were previously cut from the PG-13 theatrical version. Mm-hmm. New Dolby Atmos track, which, you know, if you get if you get zoinked out and stuff like that, then go for it. Zoinked <laughs> out. Um 
Uh, Dash of Mischief interviews with uh, director and co-director Michael Doherty. Storm of the Centuries, an interview with producer Todd Casey. The Great Protector, an interview with actor David Kochner. Uh, Something Bad Happened on Christmas, Christmas, interview with Alison Tolman. Max's Journey, interview with MJ Anthony. You get where I'm going with this. Interviews interviews with everybody. Um, and then also the extended cut. The artwork looks dope. I love this. I love the Krampus. This movie's awesome. Some people hate this movie. Oh, it's... Who? Some people do. Most people are stupid. I'm, I I want to say people probably hate Halloween three too. That's probably true. So I, you're, so you're what? Is that true? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I feel like I, I feel like on the uh, on the do you love horror? Uh, the uh, the group that we're part of. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard some people talk some not not so nice things about this movie. Oh, Which to me, movies. I don't know. This to me is one of the my new quintessential holiday horror movies. Yeah. I love this movie so much. No, it's much. great. It's fantastic. You get a little cocoa. You put a little too much liquor in it. You sip. You get warm. Eat some cookies. Watch some horror. You have a good time. Anyway, that's all for the uh, Blu-rays. This in week. that exact order. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our last bit of news here uh, has to do with Halloween Kills. And uh, what's an interesting little tidbit that came out. Uh, so the official novelization of Halloween Kills mm. is coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, the writer Tim Wagner uh, wrote the adaptation directly from the script that he was given. And there's an interesting tidbit that is in the book, it was not in the movie, that has people talking right now. James, have you heard about this? I started to read about it earlier, and then you came over, and then I stopped reading ah, about it. Okay. So, what is so it? So the novelization reveals that Tommy Doyle, played by uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh-huh. has a Cult of Thorn tattoo, just like Michael Myers did in Part 6. Oh. So they originally said they were drawing from every single Halloween movie to fill out this this new like trilogy of movies, right? Interesting. For better or for worse, it seems. Um yeah, he goes on to say that uh, in some ways Tommy was the worst of them. Uh, ever since the night that Lori saved him and Lindsay from Michael, he had difficulty controlling his anger. He had a hair-triggered temper, was quick to take offense, and he perceived slight. Uh, no matter how mild, and he could not, uh, and he could be irritable, impatient, and impulsive. He's gotten into a lot of fights in school, yada yada yada. Um, Tommy had been in therapy on and off since his late twenties, and he'd picked up a lot of psychological tools to help him deal with his anger. It was by no means fully under control. He was obsessed with Michael and all things Halloween that he'd gotten a tattoo of a thorn rune on his left arm. And when he was anxious, he rubbed his hand over it subconsciously. Hmm. Now, the book apparently does not go into any further detail about it, Mm -hmm. just that it's there. So if that was taken from the original script of Halloween Kills, Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder if this is something that was maybe taken out to save for Halloween ends. Yeah. Or they're just cutting it out completely because maybe they thought that was a bad idea to, to include it. I but. gotta imagine that they'd cut it out completely because if you introduce that just in the third install, like how are you gonna introduce it and then wrap it up all in a two hour period? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe though. it's gonna be a whole like uh, another three movie arc. That's gonna it's gonna suck after the original three movies, just like the original uh, <laughs> this timeline. Is, this is eventually gonna turn into one of those graphs that we were looking at for the <laughs> of the dead movies earlier. Yep. Hey, have you ever read uh, the novelization of a popular horror movie? 
Um, yes. Which one? No. No? I started reading Let the Right One In. Oh, really? Yeah, and I never finished it. I Wait, no. Time. Well, hold on. But that's that's actually... Like, Let no, the Right One In is based off of a book, book, right? right I'm talking right. like a novelization of a horror movie. No. No, I actually don't think I have. Only one I've ever read was uh, Child's Play 3. That's odd. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> my buddy owned it when we were younger, and I and he let me borrow it. So I, hmm. so it's kind of weird that it's like a. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Like I almost kind of want to read more novelizations of of horror movies. Do it. The ones that come out after you know, not the books that the well, movies are based on. But a lot of times you get stuff that was in the original script because right. like I said they get they get those scripts a lot of times so early on in production. Or in pre-production, that like they get the scripts before they're rewritten or before they're whatever. Right. You know, there's stuff that wasn't added to them. That they're 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 writing off of like version one, version two scripts right. a lot of times. Um, so yeah, you get a, you do a lot of times get details and information that is yes a part of the mythology, but not really spelled out in the movie because of you know whatever reasons. Right. But um, yeah, you should, and then yep. report back see if see what's different. Totally, totally. All right, that's uh, that's it though. All right, cool. Well, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and then when we come back, we're talking tricks with dicks. Well, this is going to answer a lot of questions for me. Yeah. Um, because I've encountered a lot of dicks with tricks before. Yeah. Oh, really? And Oh, you said... You, oh, 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 no. Never mind. We're digging into some childhood stuff here. Nope, we're good. Okay. Nope, we're good. <laughs> Misunderstood you. All right, we'll be back. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. think i know what you're talking about you're talking about dick tricks yeah well yeah we did have a friend who used to do dick tricks do you remember that what <laughs> you remember when kelly used to do dick tricks no you don't no oh man Those i was are... talking about my life working for the catholic church what are you talking about <laughs> talking about dick tricks <laughs> our buddy kelly literally used to have dick tricks that he would do i'm confused you don't remember any I, of that no i honestly don't Were you... <laughs> i don't think he ever did them around me okay Thank God. <laughs> they were disturbing, to say the least. What the fuck was he doing? Well, there was one. <laughs> Do you really want me to describe kind this? Of. There was one where he would. There was one where he'd pull his pants down and he'd jump up in the air and kind of like get his get his whole package to like swing backwards, and he would close his legs real quick so that it so that it would close in between, so that he was like doing the goat. <laughs> And he would do this at parties when he was very drunk. Sounds like Kelly. It does. I love Kelly, but it sounds like Kelly. Okay. Um, Hopefully he never listens to this. Speaking of guys Good. with not the heart of an angel. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, angel Heart from 1987. Just going to move right into this. Uh, directed by a guy named Alan Parker. Now, Alan Parker, I recognize why I liked this movie so much. Spoilers. I like this movie. Uh, except, well... It takes a lot of weird turns, but um, I did like this movie overall. He is the same guy that directed The Life of David Gale, which is maybe one of my 
earliest favorite like who done it kind of movies mm-hmm. even though it's like a, it's not like a who done it in the typical detective thing it's like a is that the one with um Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey yeah, yeah. yep it's a great movie great mm-hmm. movie uh, but yeah, Alan Parker did this and that. Uh, a private investigator is hired by a man who calls himself Louis Cipher. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Just don't say it fast and you won't get it. Uh, to track down a singer named Johnny Favorite, uh, but the investigation takes an unexpected turn and somber turn. Turn and somber turn. Um, I had never heard of this movie before. You had never heard of it? Well, take it back. Yes, I, you have. No, no, I had heard of it. I had never... Like seen it, never knew anything about it yeah, whatsoever, yeah. except for what you heard on uh, 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 slash cards. I don't even remember that, probably because I just, I didn't know oh, it really? because I didn't know it. Yeah, that's, some, that's something that always stuck me. out to me. Is like, why is there so many fucking questions about Angel Heart on slash cards? Well, now we're gonna fucking win. Oh yeah, every time. Totally. Um, this movie stars a very young, almost unrecognizable Mickey Rourke. Well, because his, his face was all still in the right place. I was place. just going to say, <laughs> before his, uh, his famous boxing career. Um, but he's unrecognizable at first. I mean, yeah. It's crazy. Like, if you're not used to seeing old Mickey Rourke, like, it's, I don't know, it's just bizarre. I did if not, you're not expect If it. you're not used to seeing old Mickey Rourke? Or, oh, you well, mean well, like, 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 old, like... Old as in young. <laughs> yes. If you're not used to seeing young Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> from the olden days. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh, this was also Robert De Niro, who plays Louis Cipher. I'm going to say it again. Louis Cipher. Louis Cipher. Louis Cipher. Louis Cipher. Louis Cipher. <laughs> they, who wrote this? <laughs> I mean, I, I do appreciate the fact that they bring up in the movie that it's a... like A, a terrible name. A dime store trick. Yeah, like yeah. Like, even your name's a fucking dime store trick. Yeah, it's... I'm, I I did get a good chuckle when they brought that up. And yep. they, they basically called their own writing out. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Lisa Bonet who plays uh, Epiphany Proudfoot. Um, Mickey Rourke, by the way, plays the titular Harry Angel. Uh, <laughs> the only way I'd ever want any of my angels, Harry. I think titular <laughs> or titular. <laughs> titular. Uh, the only other person in this movie of note that I would say though is. Um, Pruitt Taylor Vince makes a an appearance, a very young <clears throat> Pruitt Taylor Vince. That's the only other person of note. Uh, who else? It's kind of rude. I mean, who else, James? Charlotte Rampling. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've seen her in things. I have no idea what though. Yeah. Um. So this movie. Here's the thing. We um like. Oh, like... Dan Florick. Oh, that missed out. Dan Florick plays Wine Sap. I know him best from because uh, we were talking about police procedurals mm-hmm. earlier. He's in uh, um, Law and Order SVU. Oh, okay. The Dick Wolf Show. Yeah, yeah. The Wolf Dick Show. The Wolf Dick Show. Um, oh, Michael Higgins is also in this too. Okay, there's some other. Okay, people. there's all right. There's some. There's people. there's some other people. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, like you had said, we kind of went into this one blind, both of us. This is not a movie that we would normally. Had we seen this before doing the show? I don't think we would have picked this for the movie because it's not really a horror movie at all. You know, it's a it's a cop procedural private investigator movie. You know, like it's it's yeah, it's a private it's a private dick flick. It's uh you know a private <laughs> dick flick. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah, it's a dick pick. You yeah, know, it's a dick pick. It's a it's a dick pick. Um, that being said, though, the movie wouldn't exist without 
the horror influence. Yeah. So I think that it works still. Yeah. I think that it's still acceptable. Um, I will, though, say that this is a less good version of The Devil's Advocate. It reminded me of it so much. Like, take The Devil's Advocate and The Serpent and the Rainbow, put it in a blender. Dude. This is what you get. Serpent and the Rainbow. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. This is like, what, what you I, get. I got, I got hard, hardcore. Uh, I got hard, first of all. <laughs> it's a private dick flick. Is that old, young Mickey Rourke, you know? Uh, <laughs> the, the old private dick pic. But uh, yeah, I got I got major um, <laughs> serpent in the rainbow vibes from it, and it, so and it wasn't anyway. and it was and it wasn't just because of like the voodoo aspect and stuff. No, it, it just it like, like had it felt like it, yeah, it just yeah. had like the same sort of feeling to it. Yep. Um, uh, this movie takes place in 1955, New York, and then also in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. I I will say this. I I for a movie that is. The wraparound character is Louis Cipher and all that, you know? Yeah. I felt like his character got really forgotten in the middle of the movie. Um, like, I wish they would have had just a couple more scenes with him to make him more pre- prevalent in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Well, and I... I there's, like, a good 45 minutes where he's, like, not even a thing. Well, and it was interesting, too, because it's Robert De Niro, you know? Yeah. The huge movie star and... He's really sort of underutilized. Uh, but how I'll, fucking suave does he look with his long black hair? He's got a dude. Fucking, dude. He's got a man bun throughout the. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just this fucking hipster Louis Cipher. Um, yeah, he, he, he was. Uh, the character was really uh, sort of enigmatic and like you know prim and proper and and really almost sort of out of place. Mm-hmm. Like a little too modern for 1955. It definitely was. Yeah, that was probably intentional. Oh yeah, sure. Just like to make you him feel could, out like of place, to but... make him feel sort of timeless yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I I I liked I liked uh, I liked the character. I liked the way Bob played it. I thought it was really cool. But yeah, underutilized. I thought. I I also <clears throat> called the movie about 15 minutes in. Yeah. It was it was pretty. I'm not gonna say on the nose, but it was pretty obvious kind of where they were going with it. Like I'm like I know I knew from the get go. Hey, spoilers! It's from 1987, so not our fault. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about everything. So like the way that they set it up, it's like obviously Harry is the guy that they're looking for. Like he basically wants him to find himself and come clean. Is what I thought from the beginning, and that's essentially what it was. Essentially, what it was, it it might have. Ta- How long did it take you to realize this? About fifteen minutes. Really? Yeah, it was right. It's one of my very first notes. My my very first note. Uh, one of them here is, where is it at here? Um, is it him? I think this person's cipher wants found is Angel. Okay. Like basically, I want you to incriminate yourself, and I'm going to watch the show as it unfolds. Right. Yeah. It's almost like he needed proof. Yeah. So. The takeaway, kind of, I'm. I know that I'm. You know, you're supposed to wait until the end to talk about your takeaway, but I can do whatever the hell I want. Hey Amen. Um, it's a free country. Did just ask Kyle Rittenhouse. Did Lou? Did, <laughs> did Louis Cipher? Uh, did he? Did he actually? Did he actually need Harry to uh, to admit to who he actually was because he wasn't entirely sure? I think so. 
I or or no, I think that well, I think because that, Johnny Johnny oh. favorite. So here's the thing: like uh, Louis Cipher, um, hires Harry Angel, which is a terrible name, by the way. Uh, he hires him to go find this old crooner. Yeah. Uh, Johnny favorite. Mm-hmm. He says, "I need to know where he is because we have this deal involving some collateral." And he needs to pay up, but apparently he's been like hold up, or like he's he's been admitted to this psychiatric hospital because he was injured in the war, and he's basically a vegetable now, right? When when Johnny actually did what he did, mm-hmm. was it under the was it under the under the sheets enough to where Louis Cipher didn't know what he was doing? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I think that this entire movie was just... Oh, hey, big spoiler here. Louis Cipher is Lucifer. What? Wait. I know, I know. What? That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, <laughs> you, you just blew my mind. <laughs> so I think what it was, though, Lucifer was just playing with him. Mm-hmm. He was just having fun. Like that's that's all it was. He 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 knew he had him dead to rights. He tried to escape him. He tried to outrun him. And he knew he had him dead to rights. And he was just playing with him until he caught up with himself, basically. Or was it because he knew that he was committing all the murders the entire time? Or was it more so like he needed is is there like a code of conduct? Like he actually need like he couldn't just take this guy's soul without him being aware of why his soul was being taken. No. Like he This was the devil just enjoying his work. I think that's all okay. it was. To all me right. at least that's all it was. Um because like I said, he knew that that um all the murders and stuff like that 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 Harry Angel is like afraid that he's gonna get set up for. He's like every time I, I he's like every time I, I go to investigate somebody, somebody winds up dead. And everyone's looking at me. I'm scared. I don't want to be a part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Lucifer is just having fun with him. He knows he's doing it from the get go. Right. Like, he's not dumb. He's yeah. the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but I thought the movie was slick in the sense that it it keeps you guessing a little bit. I guess like you kind of know it, but in the same breath, like, well, maybe it's not, you know, maybe they want you to think that. Yeah. So it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. Um, all the way, all the way down to when, uh, Harry Angel has sex with his daughter. <laughs> Just pulling that right out of thin air. Oh, man. This movie takes a weird turn mm-hmm. at the end. A super weird turn. Yep. Um, Harry Angel is one of those guys that is, you know, he's he's the hard-boiled private dick that's going to sleep with anyone that's going to give him the time of day. You know what I'm saying? And uh, at the very end of the movie, one of those girls, you come to find out, happens to be, well, Johnny English. Johnny English. Johnny, Johnny English. Johnny English. <laughs> Not Mr. Bean. Uh, Johnny Favorite's daughter, but Johnny Favorite's... Johnny Favorite is Harry... Dick. All right, hold on. Let's rewind or, a little bit. You're Dick, getting ahead of your, you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit. Um, Set me straight. So he's he's on the trail. He starts off on the trail in New York, talks to a few people, finds out that Johnny Favorite was in this, uh, you know, this mental hospital, but may have gotten out and moved down south somewhere. So he goes looking for him. He meets Lisa Bonet's character, um, Epiphany Proudfoot. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they have eyes for each other right away. Yep. 
you know, it's it's you know, it's like it's hot. It's like sure. yes, this is gonna happen at yeah, some if point. You're, in time. If you're into underage girls, yeah, for sure. If you're into, <laughs> <laughs> apparently in 1955, a 17 year old was good was was game. It it's was game. I don't second know. Second episode in a row, we've had movies about questionable relationships with underage girls. <laughs> what what did we do last time? It was uh, uh, no, like no, last week. No, yeah, it was um, in Halloween three. With uh, Tom Atkins and the oh well, she was of uh... <laughs> no, she wasn't. Well, I guess no, she was. Well, she said I'm older than I look. Yeah, so we that don't. Yeah, shit. that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, this girl straight up says yeah, I'm 17. Yeah. And then he but this is also off. 1955. They used to marry him off at like 16 back then. True. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, he's just hanging out in Louisiana sleuthing around trying to figure out people keep winding up dead everywhere he goes blah mm-hmm. blah blah um yeah ends up having sort of a, 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 a um a carnal affair a carnal liaison <laughs> with this young lady uh which gets really trippy like he's he's hallucinating blood coming from the walls and like that sex scene at the very end was crazy that was fucked I don't know what he was on, but I want some of it. Like, give me the devil. He like, was on his daughter. <laughs> oh, come on. You sick bastard. I think she was on him, in fairness, but, you know, whatever. Potato, potato. Oh, man. Yeah, so um, so ultimately he finds out that... Um, so Johnny Favorite had basically killed him. Mm-hmm had killed Harry Angel when he was just a young man about to go off to war. Switched souls with him or whatever, like put his soul in his body. Johnny, Johnny, it's important to note that Johnny Favorite <clears throat> sold his soul to the devil to become a famous rock star. Right, that's why Lewis Cipher wanted to find him because this collateral, this collateral that that was up for, Payment was you know, due. as it was up part, yeah, like the, the devil was looking for his due, mm-hmm. was looking for this soul. And uh, Johnny had evaded him because he had switched souls into this other body. Um, but he didn't know it, though. Yeah, he went on. So he ended up getting drafted. He went off to war. He got injured. They said he was shell shocked, mm-hmm. had amnesia. So all throughout this movie, Harry is actually Johnny Favorite, at least has the soul of Johnny Favorite. But it's kind of hidden under. The hairy angel, like life, basically. So were they? Were they kind of still living in the same body? Like, because otherwise, Johnny Favorite just went back and became a private eye, right? No, no, because he talked. Uh, so Harry Angel gives the story about how he was in the war and he got injured, right? Never, you know, missed out on all the medals, missed out on all the glory and all that stuff, and then he became a private dick, basically. But that was. After he was, he had already become Johnny Favorite. I think that he still lived his life, but I, I don't know. It's confusing because they don't really explain it. I think he was just actually Johnny Favorite, but he had amnesia, so he came back from the war, had amnesia, ended up becoming a private dick, living his life that way, and then this whole situation was a catalyst for him remembering everything yeah i think the devil maybe 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 the reason behind this is that the devil needs him to remember before he took his soul otherwise he wouldn't be getting 
what he was promised. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was like a code of conduct, sort yeah. of. Yeah. And he I was like, okay. he, he's like, I'm not going to, I can't take somebody's soul if they don't know why their soul is being taken. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, um, there's, the story in this movie is not near as confusing as we're making it out to be, probably. <laughs> it's actually pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, that being said, though, outside of that, I thought there was some really beautiful cinematography in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. There are some shots that are just downright gorgeous. Mm. Uh, most of them have to do with spiral staircases mm. and people walking up them, but mm-hmm. like they're but they're really really great. There's um, I really enjoyed the uh, sexy saxophone. The sexy oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh my, I was just about to say the music. What I love about both of these movies is they both lean hard into the whole like sexy saxophone, <laughs> you know, private eye type, you know, cliches. <laughs> This one, uh, this one especially. This one more so, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a straight up Lethal Weapon soundtrack. If you've ever, if you've never listened to the soundtrack to Lethal Weapon, yeah, it's all sax all the time. Yeah, it's like like the sax is sex. Like that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> um, and there's also some really good effects in this movie. Like the makeup is really awesome. Mm-hmm. The very first death in the movie is the doctor, I believe. Yeah, who gets shot in the eye and the whole back of his head's exploded out in the pillow behind him. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, there's the other scene at the very end, like we said, when he's banging his daughter, and <laughs> like there's just fucking blood everywhere. And then you come to find out that he killed her by putting his gun in her. Well, say it, her cooch and pulling the trigger, like <laughs> from from. For the the direct the direct words of the the cop who was on the case was, um, he said, "I was, that's uh, I'm assuming that's your gun up her snatch." <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, wow, yeah, like that's how we killed her. Yeah, who does that? Yeesh, it's yeah, it's it's crazy. Somebody who just found out that he banged his daughter. <laughs> maybe, God. Ooh, God, maybe that's what it was. Kill the other evidence, uh. right? Um. I am also going to go out and say that uh, weird segue here, but it's impossible to say that no animals were hurt in the making of this movie. <laughs> They're constantly like, kicking around chickens like, and like, <laughs> yeah, there's fucking chickens though. There's an entire bed of crawfish that I think he murdered half of them by having a full-on fight scene on a bed of live crawfish. No, nah, because it's like uh, weight distribution. It's like when you lie on a bed of nails. Oh, you is know that what it is. <laughs> how it doesn't pierce your skin because your weight is evenly distributed. Fair enough. If you if you get body slammed onto an entire bed of crawfish, they absorb the weight across their their surf their surface. I feel like we should market this. The crawdaddy bed. The crawdaddy bed. Get <laughs> <laughs> a good Cajun night's sleep. Um, am I the only one that thought that young Mickey Rourke looks a lot like Stephen Dorff? Like I can absolutely see Stephen Dorff in that role. Definitely Stephen Dorff, and I was also getting like uh, just his attitude, like John McClane vibes. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Like so, Stephen Dorff, if he was in Die Hard. Yeah, if Stephen Dorff, which I could see that actually, I could have, I could have seen a young Stephen Dorff playing John McClane. Oh, I'd I'd pay for it now. I mean, obviously Bruce Willis is the guy, but come on, Bruno. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, is there much more to talk about this? Like, no, it's... I don't think so. I, I, I think it's, um, it's an interesting movie. It's like it's. There was another movie that it kind of reminded me of, but I can't remember exactly. Maybe Dust Devil. Just mm. sort of like the weird trippy, like the random like weird trippy scenes. And See, stuff I still like think that. Serpent in the Rainbow. 
Like definitely serpent, definitely serpent in the rainbow. I don't know. But there was something else that we had watched more recently that it made me think of. Yeah, there's nothing else that really jumped out to me, at least in terms of that. It was like, like I said, it was Ser- Serpent in the Rainbow and um, uh, there was another movie I mentioned, but whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall. Oh, though, uh, Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't he also, the, in Devil's Advocate, he bangs his sister. Yes, he does. So it's like. There's something with incest and... Oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's the devil. The, de- the devil knows how to have a good time, apparently. <laughs> the devil's a motherfucking liar. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, would I you think, recommend it, though? Yeah, dude. I, I like this movie. I thought the atmosphere was really cool. The story's cool. It gets like a little weird and trippy. If, you can, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's fine. Um, yeah. And and I really liked I really really liked Mickey Rourke's character. So did I. And I liked his acting a lot. So did I. He like was he very was good. So he was so naturally, uh, so naturally kind of like at the same time charming and skeezy at the same time. You know yeah, what I mean? I would say the acting across the board was great in this movie. Yeah. That yeah there's for sure. no complaints whatsoever in that department. Yep. Um, it's it's weird. This movie doesn't get more love. You know, like I feel, I feel like it's a bit of a buried movie in like the lexicon of, you know, like devil movies or, yeah. or, or private dick movies, whatever you want to call them. Like, I just kind of feel like it doesn't really get any love. It's just, uh, it's there and it's there for people to find. So here we are. We're giving it love. So check it out. Yes. Check it out. It's on uh, Prime Video. So if you have Amazon Prime, get it. Okay. Do it. Moving on. All right. Moving on to the reason uh, we're here today. <laughs> At least the reason that I'm here today. Uh, Lord of Illusions from 1995, uh, the third and final, and in my opinion, best Clive Barker movie. I don't know how you feel about this. Uh, Lord of Illusions has always been my favorite Clive Barker movie. Okay. Like, in terms of one that he's directed, because mm-hmm. he, he only did three. Hellraiser, Lord of Illusions, and... Uh, Nightbreed. Nightbreed, thank yeah. you. Um, this one was always my favorite, and I don't know that it's because... It's like the, the the best made movie or whatever. I just have more in a, of an emotional attachment to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of dirty, dingy, just dark, gross horror movies, right? Not not bloody necessarily, not gory, but like just like that the kind of movie that makes you feel like you got dirt on you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's this kind of movie. Really? Yeah. Kind of. It's it's how it's the majority of this movie takes place in like in like posh areas. But those aren't the parts of the movie that stick in my head. Like I remember so vividly all these scenes in this movie that take place in the compound and like when they're putting the mask on them and like and then the very very end of the movie where the people are stuck in the ground and all that. Like yeah, those are the parts of the movie that when I think of it, that's immediately what i go to not the not the private eye stuff that takes up the whole middle of the movie yeah um i i love i love that when you watch a clive barker movie um you know it yeah 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 like immediately in the beginning of the movie like especially when they start to strap that mask to his face it's so Clive Barker, it's not even funny. <laughs> My very first note is Clive Barker has such a unique style, it's completely unmistakable. Yeah. It just is. Like you yep. know you're watching a Clive Barker joint, you know? Yep. 
and then all throughout the movie, like, uh, there's, like, his weird use of, like, geometric shapes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and, uh, yeah, like, just a certain kind of gore. Was it, uh, K- KMB did the effects for this movie, right? Did they? I actually I think don't think so. I knew that. Um, the effects in this movie were awesome. Uh, the acting was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the acting was... Well, <laughs> awesome, awesome for what the movie was i don't know let's 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 get this out of the way it's served scott bacula scott bacula i don't know why i always think of count dracula when i say his name don't you mean scott snackula Mm. scott bacula (laughs) is is to his two horror movies what like lorenzo llamas was the action movies (laughs) you know like he's that guy that you call when you can't get the star (laughs) you know what i'm talking about so Scott, ba- Scott Bakula was a pretty big star back then, though. He was, but like, not like, I don't know. Like, if you couldn't get, I don't know who was a big star back in the day that would have played these kind of roles. I don't um, know if you, if you couldn't if you couldn't get Bruce Willis, you got yeah, Scott yeah, Bakula. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right. So this movie sort of had that feeling of being like B movie, but it's not a B movie. Like, it's weird seeing him in the starring role of this like classic horror movie from this classic writer that will go down in the history as one of the best horror writers ever you know yeah. like it's just it's i don't know i it, it always felt a little bit out of place to me <laughs> just a hair like if this was made today you'd have some new hot young star playing this private title like you'd have someone like um and i i realize he's not hot new or young well he's hot but <laughs> Um, Bob Newhart, <laughs> the guy from uh, the 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 guy from I can't think of his name. He was in Pearl Harbor and The Faculty. Um, Josh, Josh Hartnett, yeah, Josh Hart. I could see Josh Hartnett in a role like this. If yeah, it was made nowadays. Well, jo- I mean, Josh Hart, yeah, you know? he's he's done this type of stuff before. Like Lucky Number Eleven was kind of ish. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. a detective, but he was kind of sleuthy in that movie. I could also see if there was a lot of money behind it. I could totally see like Leo DiCaprio in his older age now playing a role like this. Eh. I think that'd be a sweet. I would love to see Leonardo DiCaprio in a straight up horror movie. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I've, we've never well, seen it. I mean, Shutter Island was. It's not straight up horror though. It's eh, horror yeah. elements. It's yeah, adjacent. But um, anyway, though, yeah, Scott Bakula mm-hmm. was great. I did like his loved his character. Um, you have uh, J. Trevor Edmond, who plays uh, the young Butterfield. That doesn't really matter. He no. was literally in the movie for two minutes. But I liked him. <laughs> the, in the, the two minutes that he yeah. was in? Yeah. He had okay. a good look. Okay. Different colored eyes and no eyebrows. It was a weird, <laughs> weird looking guy. Um, let's see here. Uh, Daniel Von Bargen played Nix. Daniel Von Bargen, once again, like I mentioned earlier, he's from Super Troopers and a whole bunch of other stuff. That's where I best know him from. Um Kevin O'Connor. Didn't you just mention the faculty? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was He's in the, the faculty. faculty. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, Kevin O'Connor, who played uh, the titular character, Philip Swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, well, titular as in, in the movie itself. And he's He is Swan. He is. Can you imagine being so big that, like, just your name takes up every spot on the marquee? Swan. Swan. It's not, it's not like something presents Swan. It's not magic of swan it's, it's just, just people see your last name swan. and they know who you are like copperfield i don't have a good i don't have a good last name baird oh baird yours is better than mine heckman <laughs> but it's like it doesn't roll off the tongue but it's like heck man 
Yeah, exactly. So you you'd be yeah, you'd be you'd be like a Maybe the comedy castle. You'd be an improv crew. <laughs> oh, heck, man. <laughs> uh the ever beautiful Famke Jansen. Such uh, a babe, dude. Dude, such a babe. Crazy babe. Right? Uh she plays uh Dorothy. Dorothea. 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 Uh let's see who else. Uh Joel Swetow who plays Valentine. Not Valentine. Valentin. No, Valentin. Sorry, Valentin. It pisses me off so much, dude. Just be Valentine or Valentine. <laughs> Valentin is a stupid name. Every time somebody says it in the movie, I get mad. Yeah, well. Um, so this movie is exactly what you would expect from a Clive Barker movie. Mm-hmm. It's dark and dungy and or dingy rather. Also dirt, dungy. Dungy. It's it's like it makes you feel dirty, but there's also like this like wet veil of eroticism all over the entire thing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's what Clive Barker does though. Mm-hmm. Probably why it's so unique and you know recognizable the second that you see it. Um but yeah, I um I love this movie so fucking much. It's one of my favorites. And I'm happy that it sounds like you liked it. I did. I did like it a lot. Okay. Um I thought it I thought it had a good balance between the the kind of the kind of detective procedural sort of thing. What are you looking for? Beers? Yep, Brewskis? Almost, yeah. Um Yeah, there was a good balance. And then there was like uh I, I liked like I liked the the injection of these weirdo freaks who were um what the hell was his name? Uh what was uh Oh uh butter no, 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 not Butterfield. Not Butterfield. Well, yeah, it was Butterfield, but uh, Nick's. They were like, oh, yeah. they were like Nick's, Nick's apostles. You know, the guys who were diehard. They they were there when he when he died, uh, thirteen years prior. So let's give and, some let's give some backstory to Nick's though, so that people like, yeah, understand yeah, sure. why he's important. Um, Nick's is like the. I'm not gonna. I don't want to use the word the father, but he is the guy that learned the secrets of real. Magic. magic like dark black magic right magic he can levitate he can move things with his mind he can do all this crazy he can put his fingers inside of your head which was a really cool uh, visual trick yeah and like make you see things and what he made you see was fucking crazy mm-hmm. like the 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 shots of like people's skin literally ripping apart from their body and these yeah, gelatinous and weird, creatures like, creatures underneath yeah it was crazy the effects of this movie for 95 they hold up. Yeah. I watched this on... So I have the Screen Factory Blu-ray of it. So it's like remastered and all that. And the effects still look good. Even the really primitive effects where like one of the characters just is like a geometrical shape and just folds up on itself. Yeah. Like it's a very primitive effect, but it still looks good. It still fits the the, the tone of the movie. Well, here's the... the that's kind of one of the things I was talking about earlier with the like it's just so Clive Barker. Yeah. I I it think like I think Le, it I think like because, the lament configuration did it not? Yeah, and like I think that's movements. yeah, and I think that's like if <laughs> I I kind of like I kind of give it a little bit of leeway because it's Clive Barker because yeah. if that movie or, or if that effect were in somebody else's movie I'd be like oh, that's dumb. But because it's Clive Barker, and because that particular aesthetic just feels like something that is is signature to him, yep. if it, it it was like I, I gave it more of a pass, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, not to say I did, not to say that I thought it looked stupid. Like I actually I liked it when it was happening. Yeah. But 
Um, um, but back yeah, to, so back anyway, Nick's, so Nix is like a real magician. Like yeah. he's using he's using real magic, and he's uh, basically creating this cult of followers. Yeah, and like we said in the intro, the difference like don't call an illusionist a magician because an illusionist makes you think that it's real. A magician actually does it for real. Like that's the big the big difference between the two. Right. Nix is a magician, and he teaches Swan. Swan's like one of his, it's like his main disciple. Mm-hmm. And he teaches Swan some of the secrets that he knows. But Nix goes too far and he kidnaps a young woman. Now, they never actually, they never actually say why, because that's, that's why this whole, that's like what this whole movie hinges on is the I fact feel, that Nix had kidnapped a young girl. I feel like they were going to sacrifice her or do something. Like they were going to kill her for something, and, is and, what I thought. Okay. Because she was chained up to the wall. Sure. Like, she was the only one there that was kept, like, in bondage. Right. You know? Um, and I, so I feel like, like, uh, Swan and his his merry men came there to save her because Swan wasn't going to have a part. Like, he went too far. Like he kept saying at the beginning, like, he right. went too far this time. Right. Like, I'm not going to let him hurt this girl. Right. So we don't know what that necessarily meant or what he was going to do. I feel like it's almost irrelevant. Yeah. Just that he was going to do something. Yeah, he's just and this is a bad Swan guy, a, and he stole a girl. Yeah, yeah. Swan had a breaking point, <clears throat> basically. Um, but yeah, so Swan is this great Copperfield-esque magician, or sorry, illusionist, <laughs> and does uh, does has these crazy sold-out shows where you go dress up in a tuxedo and all that stuff, you know. And uh, one of his tricks goes haywire. Uh, and basically he gets impaled by like seven different swords and he dies on the stage and all that. That was a cool part. I like that part part. of the movie. Basically, it's like the swords card from the tarot cards, which they draw attention to in the movie as well. And uh, it's basically the story, though. So so Harry D'Amour, Scott Bakula's character, Harry is hired by Famke Jansen, who is Swan's ex-wife, to basically find out... Swan's wife. Not ex-wife. Well, he's dead. Well, oh. <laughs> well, so Swan's widow. Swan's widow. Yeah. Uh, to basically find out like what's going on, why he was killed. Because she thinks someone killed him, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that and that, and that's the story. It's him going down this rabbit hole of illusionists and magicians and this crazy underworld of all of this. I think one of my favorite characters was the guy in the red crushed velvet suit that helps him at the magic shop. Oh wait! I'm jumping ahead here, but uh, the young guy, you mean? Yeah, Billy. Yeah. What the hell was it? his name? Was Billy who? <laughs> my favorite part. I just love this character for some. My favorite part. My favorite part about him was uh, he was he was helping him out, and he was like, "Oh, I can't be seen talking to you," and blah blah blah. And then they're having a very casual conversation, and then he goes, "If you need to get a hold of me, this yeah. is me." <laughs> And he presents his he presents his business card with an illusion. I'm like, was that really necessary, dude? <laughs> he struck me. He struck me as the kind of guy that was just like, I'm just here for the fun of it, and you look like fun, so yeah. I'm gonna hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I don't give a shit about the co. He breaks in to the most sacred room in the like. So this this place called the Magic Castle is like where all the old time illusionists hang out. They swap secrets. It's like a secret society amongst illusionist basically yeah. how harry got in there so easily just because he talked to a dude is beyond me i feel like they wouldn't let 
even though I feel like there was a scene missing. There had to because be something. he said. First of all, he says to he the conversation between him and Dorothea is uh, is uh, she's like she's like I I don't I think that you should just go home. You shouldn't do this anymore. And then he goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And she's like, Oh, okay. Well, you're never gonna be able to get in there. And then he goes, I can be very persuasive. And then she goes. I think that you can. <laughs> and then it's like, well, we're just, oh, and then cut to the next scene. He's inside the fucking repository with all wait, of the... Wait, wait. So that... So wait. In, so I watched the did director's we, cut. Did it, did it skip so out right there? Possibly. Because, okay. I watched the director's cut. You watched the theatrical. Yeah. The director's cut is 12 minutes longer. Right. Did it go straight from that scene to him being at that circular table? Walking up to the table. Yeah. And then he sits down and yeah. they're all talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there something missing yes, from there? There's there's, an, there's a whole scene where he walks into he walks up to the the magic castle. Yeah. It shows that, and then he sits down at the bar and he's talking to an old man next to him who's just kind of doing magic card tricks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he strikes up a conversation with him. This old man is like a very famous old illusionist, and he's like, "Well, I'd really like to hang out with these guys. I'm just kind of I was up here for Swan's funeral, and you know, I, I'd I'd like to hang out with." the main guys in the crew and the guy's like well who do you know and he's like i don't know anybody and the old guy's like well now you know me and so the old guy brings him back to that table where they're all sitting Mm -hmm. so yes there is a scene that yeah i don't understand why they cut stuff like that out yeah yeah that's stupid it makes it very choppy well yeah because that's what i was that's what i was thinking when i was there was two scenes in particular there was one where uh, Dorothea tells Valentin to, I want you to find this guy. And then all of a sudden, he found him. They're walking through a cemetery together. And, and it's Harry. like, oh, shit, that was that Very was quick. quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you found him? Oh, good. And then, <laughs> and, then and then this one where it's like, she goes, I think you can be persuasive. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's just sitting around this giant table with all of these master illusionists. There's it's a like, lot more. It seems like there's something like there seems like there was a, a conversation had at some point in time that I wasn't privy to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of that scene where uh, they're sitting around the table talking to the, all the old illusionists, the guy that runs the show basically, like he's like the Vinovich. Yeah, Vinovich. He's like <clears throat> the highest, highest, uh, highest respected illusionist at the table. Mm-hmm. I think the Magic Castle is like his. And there's a room in the Magic Castle that, like I said, holds all the secrets. And, like, only three people have the key to that room. Mm-hmm. Vinovich and then two other guys. Right. Well, Harry's, like, calls him out, basically. He pisses him off by asking questions that, that Vinovich doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he goes, what kind of accent is that? You sound like you're from Brooklyn. And, it's, and he goes from talking like this to, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> but the um, but Billy though, he's another guy sitting at that round table, and he gets a kick out of Harry making fun of Vinovich. Mm-hmm. And so he goes though from he had to have been a well respected illusionist to be sitting at the table to be sitting there with them, yeah. And he just like that decides, yeah, I'm gonna break into this room that only three people have. <laughs> like it, it really jumps, yeah. <laughs> Like Billy's character is just kind of like a, a way to I think further the story. Like he's he's there to serve a purpose, and that is to get Harry in that room. Yeah, but it's not fleshed out very well. I no. will say that it's not. No, because, maybe the book is more, but you because know. within the within the world of uh, 
of magicians and stuff because of how protective they are of their secrets. Yeah. For for one of the guys to just be like, oh yeah, fuck, I'll help you. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It just, it just would never happen. It'd be like, it'd be, it'd be like uh, Penn and Teller just being like, oh, hey, you want to know how David Copperfield does all of his tricks? Yeah, come here, I'll show you. Yeah, like, right. You don't do that. Because like even on that show where they would, uh, the magician's code. It was, uh, it, it was, uh, Ken, what the hell was it called? Like, can you fool us or something? Oh, like Penn that. and Teller show. Yeah, this is called fool us. Oh, fool us. Yeah, yeah, they get a big trophy that says "F you" if you uh, right. If, if you actually fool them, they give you a "fuck you" trophy. But they were still <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they were still very vague. Oh yeah. Like they would never. They would be like, okay, so we we know what you were doing, and they, oh, or, or and they would never sure. they would never say like, are you doing uh, are you doing Lumberzo's Lumberzo's fold? They'd yeah. just be like, are you doing something that? Uh, that back in 1918, that uh, uh, Joe Schlemansky would have taught to like they, or they always use keywords a right, lot, right? Keywords like the, and stuff the, like the, that. The yeah. layman's wouldn't know. Yeah, so yeah. there's no way that, that that Billy would just be like, "Oh yeah, let me just fucking let me break all of the all of the the, the like the rules of magicians to just help you out there, fella." I like I like to think though that he just doesn't give a fuck. That's kind of how he came <laughs> across. So it's like it was fine. He was yeah. just it almost seemed like he was just sort of the fun guy who was like, "Yeah, this like I like we're illusionists. Like it's he's not just that there big for the of a deal, of dude." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He was like the joker of the crew. Yeah, kind of. Just wanted to watch so, the whole thing burn. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so this this movie though has the the character work I think is very good in this movie. I think every character is interesting to the point where no there's no scenes in this movie because the, the middle of the movie is kind of I mean it's it's a horror movie, but it definitely it's a horror movie. <sighs> but it definitely is has a lot of drama in it as yeah. well. Like the the big scenes are big, but they're basically just at the beginning and at the end. <clears throat> Everything in the middle, it's just like storytelling and drama. And the fact um, that it uh, doesn't get boring, though, proves that the characters are really good. Well, you got people like uh, Butterfield and and his uh, his lackey guy that's with him for a while before he gets killed. Like, they really kind of amp stuff up. Like, there will be some boring, like, oh, Scott Bakula's just kind of kind of searching searching rooms and like looking for clues and stuff and then all of a sudden Butterfield shows up with his wacky sharpened teeth skinhead dude like and and just goes nuts you know like and I thought they were both really cool Butterfield was such a weird character he was so uh he reminded me so much of the the character from the Da Vinci Code the guy that would do all the bidding for the bishop I don't know why he reminded me of him so much, but those were the vibes. I know I why, like. because he looked like Paul Bettany. Thank you, Paul Bettany. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, I guess he did a little bit. Yeah. Oh no, he totally did. Yeah. I was, I the first few times I saw him, I was like, "Is that Paul Bettany?" I was like, "There's no way," because this is 1987. Paul yep. Bettany would have been like four, fifteen years old, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, I, I just, I liked him. Like he was sadistic, but also like. Like just like a like a weird like he's wearing gold tights and like a little shorty shirt and and he was this just is such that a, weird Clive Barker eroticism yeah like just in the way that character yeah acted like the and ki- the type of guy you would see at like a fetish club yeah. or something yeah. like that yeah weird Clive Barker eroticism and then the <laughs> and then the guy that was with him for a while before he died the guy who seemingly was like uh, uh, completely um 
completely kill proof. You know? the, sharp, the sharpened teeth. Yeah, the guy. sharpened teeth guy. He falls like, out of like a 10th story window with glass shards all in him. He just runs off. Yeah. Magic. And he's just like pulling the shards out of his fucking belly and stuff. Like, I, I thought they were really cool characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were just like these weird, chaotic freaks and yeah. i thought that was pretty cool yeah i i loved all the characters in this movie like i said i thought they were all very very well written mm-hmm. um for especially for the kind of movie that it is a lot of times in these horror movies they you can get a lot of very shallow characters but i felt like everybody had a purpose in this movie like mm-hmm. there wasn't like there wasn't a lot of throwaway characters like everybody right. served a purpose and they were written well for their purpose um so getting back to the story though Swan fakes his death, basically, is what happens. And he does so because he's afraid that Nyx is coming back from the dead. And uh, We mentioned how the beginning and ending of this movie are the two big like set pieces. In the beginning, like we mentioned, Swan and his merry band of, you know, uh, defectors, I guess, you know, from, yeah. from Nyx's group, they, they put this crazy metal binding mask Which on. Awesome. It's an amazing mask. It's one of my, when I think of, masks in general this is one of the first ones that comes to my brain mm. always so i kind of love the look of it and the fact that swan has to use magic to bind him by like biting his finger like a do chunk you know how, out of his finger do you know how hard it would be to bite your own thumb to guess, get it to bleed yeah if you're in the mood i don't know dude maybe he had a really loose cuticle i would pay because i've done that before but uh <laughs> but to be able to drip that much blood yeah of course with the you yeah to be able to like get that much blood through your skin though yeah yeah Yeah. but he does but the cool thing is well he has to drip his own blood on the screws to this mask to screw it into nix's head right now i know that the director's cut has a lot more in that like there's a lot more footage of the mask going on more gore and stuff um but yeah but so swan though is terrified that nix is coming back from the dead like he can feel it he knows that it's coming a lot of people can and uh so he fakes his death and you know they uh, Harry has to convince him basically to like, you know, this can be your great comeback. Help me put this guy down once and for all. The ending of this movie is, yeah, I don't know how how to describe it. The ending of this movie, I feel like, is perfect. It is perfection in how it's shot and how it's how it looks and how I don't. I I fucking love the final act of this movie like down to the the makeup effects the way the way that even even though nix just looks like a zombie juggalo at the end of the movie with a butthole in his head what yes i <laughs> the pulsating butthole in his head. It, there's no they never explain what that is it was a screw hole, I think, is all it was. But why is this forehead I don't think it was pulsating? a screw hole. I think it was his third eye. Is that what it was? Well, yeah. I mean, that's... The second butthole is what it is. But... It was a second butthole for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it was right where your third that, eye would be. Yeah, I guess so, that like, makes it, sense. I guess that makes sense. But he, the, the where, where the mask was on his face, though, it's like decolored. So it looks like Juggalo paint on his <laughs> on his face. Yeah, there's like deep, <laughs> like deep crevices where the mask would have been mm-hmm. sitting on his face. Yeah, and when the mask comes off, it's all gooey because yeah. his skin was all like decomposing, and like they put. It's funny he's been in the ground for what twenty years, thirteen years, thirteen years. So his skin's all black and everything. Like he look, he just looks fucking cool when they dig him up. And I don't know, like everything at the end, all the effects, even the digital effects, work still. 
Um, I don't know. I, I did, it's one of my favorite. There wasn't there wasn't a ton pieces. of digital stuff, was there? There was, was a little bit. There practical. was what was well, Swan's face at the end when Swan his like skin peels off. Oh yeah, side, yeah, that yeah. actually looked pretty rough. Yeah, it was, it was a little that rough. that part didn't hold up, but everything else, I thought held up perfectly fine. Yeah, the pra- mostly the practical stuff was amazing. Yeah, like um. Jumping ahead here a little bit, like Nyx ends up, they they push him down the big cavern that opens up in the middle of the uh, the temple or whatever you want to yeah. call it, and like there's a full body burn like in the lava at the mm-hmm. very end because he falls to the center of the earth basically. Yeah, like there's just there's so many moments in that final act that just glue you to the screen, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not that they're perfect; it's just that they're so exactly what you want out of this particular movie. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know that they would work in other movies, but for this one, cream of the crop. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you. The whole uh, would you even call it the third act? I don't know. The, fi- like the, the final the, act. Yeah, the final act, like the final twenty minutes or so when they're back at the compound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything about that is really, really cool. Um, I call when when Nix comes back, like all of the like, I'll call them disciples. Yeah. that were in the beginning of the movie. When Nyx died, it's like they all kind of went back to their lives, and they they had families and they had jobs and everything else. And then when Nyx comes back to life, as soon as they got wind, it's like their brains was... get activated, yeah, and they just slaughter their families. Like there's dead kids everywhere. <laughs> are are you just saying that, or is that no? You... Do they do they not show that in the other no? Word? Oh my god! Okay. Oh shit! Oh, shit. They all yeah. killed their families. Oh yeah, they show they show the disciples basically like. Just like they they play like old not old timey but like classical music or whatever right it's all happy cheery radio music, but then there'll be like a, a bloody knife in the sink and like a husband will be face down in his Cheerios and like the kid will be their their child will be stabbed in the neck. There's a kid splayed out on the floor with blood just coming from Holy it. Like shit, dude. oh it's brutal. I gotta see this cut of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I got robbed now. Yeah, it's it's brutal that they sh- they actually show the aftermath of like three or four of the different disciples that just slaughtering their families. Oh my God. To come dude. back to Nick's basically. Yeah. yeah. I need oh, to, yeah. I need to borrow that from you because it, it's, it, it's almost like a totally different movie. I didn't Not realize different movie, but there's just like so much, so much that I missed. Yeah. I didn't realize that wasn't in the, at least parts of it wasn't in and the, not that the I gotta, cut. not that I have to see dead kids for it to be a good movie well, for me, fun, but though. like it really, it, you know, it really kind of, <laughs> Really kind of drives the point home it, about oh, how it does. crazy these people went over Nick's. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I gotta I gotta borrow that from you. Um, what else? What else do I love about this movie? There's the one. Did you ever? Did you? Th- they're in the Magic Castle, so we're gonna go back to the Magic Castle, and they are. What are you looking at nothing. Time? No, we're good. Yeah, uh, they're at the Magic Castle. And they think they're getting caught because of somebody who's in the room with them, him, oh, and, yeah. him and Billy. Mm-hmm. But it's a hologram. Mm-hmm. Did that not look like something that was straight out of Ghostbusters 94 totally. or 84? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked like one of the Scalari, or even Ghostbusters 2, it looked like one of the Scalari brothers almost. Yeah, sort of. Well, and it was, it was because of that, uh, that effect that they used to, mm-hmm. to, to project it. And I don't know if, uh, what did, what did I just learn about? Oh, I, we were watching Home Alone recently, and I learned about this effect that they use called Pepper's Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the scene where um, Harry gets his uh, gets his head burnt by the blowtorch. Yeah. 
So they used a they used this technique called Pepper's Ghost to achieve that. And I never knew what the hell that was. And so I looked it up and uh and and kind of learned more about it. And I'm I'm wondering if they use something similar to that for that or if that was just CGI. Describe would describe Pepper's Ghost. Too, I don't know <clears> it's it like a it's 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 still kind of I don't entirely <laughs> I don't entirely understand it, but it's like a it's it's using a system of of um or it's or it's using so there's an image, and then a, a a pane of glass that's that's that has the image projected onto it, and then the pane of glass is uh you know like angled at a forty five degree angle. Okay. And then it somehow projects that image into the shot. When did Harry get his head blowtorched? In Home Alone. Oh, in Home Alone. What did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about Lord of Illusions. Oh, no, no, no. No, I was (laughs) just... No, I'm talking about the thing that they... In the the, the, uh, repository. Yeah. That creature. Yeah. Because it had that same... Like that Scolari Brothers and that that creature, they have that same sort of look to them. It doesn't look like CGI. It looks like... I wonder if... Is that how they did the... um, In the beginning of the movie, Nyx is juggling this uh, fireball? That's what I was... That's what I was wondering. Gotcha. Okay. Because it doesn't look like CGI. No, it doesn't. But it definitely looks like it wasn't there. Right. They they definitely added it in somehow. Right. And so this this technique that they use called Pepper's Ghost is it, it... They can make it look in that moment like you're actually holding that fire or... That gotcha. thing is actually okay. in front of you, but it's actually just a projection. Okay. From okay. a from like a mirror, from a window, a pane of glass, off screen. I've never heard of that. Before. Look into it a little more. Like it's I I we learned about it the other night uh, because when Aaron and I watch movies, we always like to immediately like go and read all the uh, the IMDb trivia and stuff mm-hmm. from movies, and that's one of the things that popped up about Home Alone. Um, same. Same kind of, same time period, I suppose. Late 80s, early 90s might be using the same types of tricks and stuff like that. Be. So it'd be interesting to find out. Um, Anything else from the movie? Any other kills you want to highlight? Any uh, other well, scenes like, or sounds anything? Sounds like I fucking missed out on a bunch of them. <laughs> did you see, okay, now I got to ask. Did you see um, Butterfield, right? Did you see his death? How did he die in your version of the movie? Butterfield gets kicked in the balls and then he gets his face burnt mm-hmm. by uh Swan. By Swan breathing fire. By Swan breathing. Which is amazing. And again, that same technique <laughs> yeah. that looks like they use that same technique. And then his face is all bubbly and shit, and he comes and he attacks Dorothea and um and Harry in the hallway. And how the hell does he die? Oh, he, uh, he oh! Did he wall? punch a hole yeah. in the wall and he gets electrocuted okay. and his face is bubbling okay, so up they and actually, shit like they, that? So yeah. they, I loved how they played his burn, his burn injury into, into the, the electrocution. Like, yeah, because the, the burning skin, <laughs> the, the cracks from the burning skin, are like what starts oozing and stuff, puffing it's, up yeah. and bubbling and shit. Oh, yeah, so fucking <laughs> it was cool. really cool. I absolutely loved that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other stuff that you might not have seen in terms of like kills and stuff. I think that's it, though. I really liked. I really liked the uh, when the disciples were being pulled underground. Mm-hmm. I liked that some of them didn't get fully pulled underground. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so like half just the ha- like half their body or the yes. one or the one guy, his arm is sticking out, but you can still hear him screaming underground. There, like yeah, that was gnarly. There's the the one dude where his whole like upper torso is still out of it. Yeah, isn't there like a uh, Allison Chains record that has that as the cover? Is it Allison Chains? There might be. I was when when I saw him when he was all covered in dust and everything, yeah. and he reaches up and grabs her. I was like, this looks like a Tool video. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, can you imagine Clive Barker making a Tool video? Clive Barker, oh dude, that needs to happen. I mean, <laughs> that needs to happen. It basically, it basically looks like Clive Barker made most yeah, of the Tool I, videos. The the last thing that I will say about this movie, and then I'll be done, is I just I feel like every scene of this movie is, it's like dripping with intrigue. Like I want to be and explore and like. Dripping with intrigue. Dripping with intrigue. Like, <laughs> no, because it is like every set piece in this movie, right? Whether it be just the sets themselves uh-huh. or whatever. Like, I want to go to that compound. I want to go to the magic castle. Mm-hmm. Swan's magic performance, right? Or his illusion show looks incredible. Yeah. I, I want to go be there. Like, every set piece in this movie makes me intrigued to be like I want to experience this in real life. You mean the sexy dudes and thongs? All of it. Is that all of it, James. <laughs> I want to explore that. But like but <laughs> do you get what I'm saying though? Yeah, like, oh dude, like, totally. Like this yeah. he make Barker created a world that is just ripe with intrigue. Is like I said, I, I want to live it. Like I want to live in this world and experience all these things that Harry's experiencing. Uh-huh. And I think that's hard to do in a movie. I think it's hard to to capture that like in a two hour bottle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's probably why this is my favorite. Like I think with Hellraiser, I don't think that the first time that I saw Hellraiser, I understood a lot of the overtones of the movie. Yeah. So it didn't resonate with me the same way. I think I just saw it for ooh creepy monster guys and this and that. You know. Yeah. I don't think that I understood Hellraiser the first time I saw it to appreciate it. And I didn't see um, uh, b- 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 Nightbreed until way later. So for me, Lord of Illusions was like, when I thought of Clive Barker, that's what I thought of. Like, yeah. this was the movie that established his entire feel and look and, um, you know, his entire. Uh, uh, Je ne sais quoi. Yes. <laughs> that. Um, but this was it. Yeah. Like Clive Barker, Lore of Illusions, hand in hand. Like that was, that was for me. Yeah. Um, have you read his much, style, have you, you read much of his writing? No, I have, I've read very little, very, very little. I think I need Cr- to read more. Chris Jordan told me a long time cause I was asking, uh, people on, on Facebook or something to give me book recommendations for audible books. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, and he recommended I can't remember what the hell it was. It wasn't Hellbound Heart. It was the, uh, it's like the really long. It's like a, it's like forty five hours. It's a super long Clive Barker book. Mm-hmm. But like he said, just the universe building that he does, the world building, like the character, like how the 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 depth of the characters and how much detail he gives you and stuff. Um, because I, I personally like when I. When I read books or if I listen to books, I can I can visualize stuff, you know, sure in perfect detail if it's described to me the way a good writer can describe things. Sure. Um, so I really want to dig into his 
bibliography? There's a lot there. Oh, there's a ton. But a lot of them are in like um, collections. Like a lot of his writing is is based in collections. I like have sure. the Books of Blood or you know what what have you, uh, Scarlet Gospels, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I think they'd be awesome too. I've yeah. I've always wanted to dig into it. I just never have. And then there's like the hell, like the Hellraiser comics and stuff, like graphic novels and stuff like that. Yep, I should get into that shit. Should, because I it. dig it. I like, I like his world. I like his universe. Like it's just, like you said, it's so gritty, mm-hmm. fucking dirty, but kind of sexy yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and right? like, it's yeah, like a it's dirty just... whore. <laughs> a dirty that's whore. What, that's what Clive Barker makes me think of. A dirty whore. A dirty, dirty whore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I huh? agree. I agree. Um, I really like this movie. Be- between the two movies, uh, yeah, I liked um, I liked Lord of Illusions a, that, tini- oh, yeah. a tiny bit more. I wouldn't even say tiny. For me, it's well, a lot no, more, yeah, but... yeah, you're right. I I I did like Angel Heart though. I don't want to downplay that. I yeah. I liked Angel Heart quite a lot, but yeah, Lord of Illusions, Lord of Illusions was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I finally got an opportunity to watch it. So yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think that's it. We uh, we don't know what we're doing for the next show, so stay tuned yeah, or we'll don't. Do, we'll don't figure it out. Shit. We'll do something. Yeah. Um, until then, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. Uh, we're on all the major streaming sites, so oh. if you know somebody that might like us, be like, hey. Check it out, hey, and, they can, and they can find us anywhere. Yeah. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, you bro. like uh, you like horror movies, and like big waves. You should catch both. bro. Um, no, but seriously, tell a friend. No, but seriously, or, or don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't give a shit. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be here doing it regardless. So. Michael, James, it's nice to have you back in the hangar, bro. Jamesathan, it's been nice. Uh, cheers. Until next week, we'll see you. Adios. Have a good night.